is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your AEW dynamite post show for august 2nd 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining us on your wednesday evenings wherever you may be as always joined by the shy town smart what is going on man jesse what's up brother What's going on, bro? How you feel, man? I feel good, man. I was uh, I was a little worried about this show tonight, man. On paper, it looked like a complete fucking dud. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw that, but um, I, I I just had a feeling it couldn't just it just couldn't be as bad as last week. No, no, it couldn't be as bad as last week. Normally, when Tony Khan, uh, you know, has uh, a dud of a show, sometimes we underestimate him so much he ends up pulling out a fucking banger, and that was. Tonight's show, man, there's a lot to get into. I don't want to waste any any more of anybody's time here in the chat. We appreciate you joining us on this Wednesday evening, man. We got upwards towards 1,500 in here already. It's going to be a big night. Might be a controversial night, man. We got a couple of uh, solid controversial opinions coming up here tonight. I just feel it. And uh, we will start at the top, man. The big story coming into tonight was all of the elite are now signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, rumored to be multi-year extensions for everybody, upwards towards three, four years. We don't know the exact contract lengths of each guy, but Matt, Nick, Kenny, and Adam Page are all staying with AEW. This was the absolute biggest thing that Tony Khan could have done, Jesse, to, to get these guys on board and get them signed and staying with the company I know a lot of people share the same sentiment. Without any one of these guys, it would be uh, it would be very difficult for AEW to exist. They are the heart and soul of this company, and I know, I know Triple H and WWE probably wanted to snag them away from Tony Khan, but with the cur- current climate over there, it, it honestly looks like they made the right decision because we all know who's looming over there creatively. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty over there. And with Tony Khan, he is getting four guys that are going to lead his company into the next three or four years. Excellent move here. This may be the biggest move that he's done all year. Yeah, this was so this 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 was a must. Yeah. Um, if if they did not sign these four guys, that I mean it, for me and for a lot of others, that would have really signaled the um the end. Um, not like no tomorrow, but long term, yeah, it's just not a good look, man. I mean, Cody leaving was a blow. I mean, I'll, I'll, I will admit that that was not a good thing for anyone in in AEW. But losing the Elite was just that that can't happen, especially after losing Cody. That just can't happen. Yeah, and, and, and there's there's a good reason why that can't happen. Not only for the reasons that we both know, Jesse, but you know the way Cody has kind of transcended into this mega mega superstardom over there. 
and the way that WWE has portrayed him and presented him uh, on television, uh, whether you like it or not, he's the biggest baby face in the company. Uh, WWE would probably have done the same thing with uh, Adam Page, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega undoubtedly would have been a WWE champion over there or world champion at some point. Uh, Adam Page, I mean, he's over as fucking, you know, ever. Yeah. You know, every yeah. time he comes out, he gets a reaction. You know, I, I do think that they would have treated the Young Bucks, you know, uh, in, in a similar fashion. Uh, yes, it's a sport to them. It's a game to them. They want to fucking tear the uh, the heads off the snake and grab all the EVPs. But Tony Khan could ill afford, Jesse, to have those guys go over there and then Triple H create uh, them in his image and fucking bring them to the superstar on that Cody is, man. It would have it would have been a slap in the face to what Tony Khan and the operation does over on AEW side to take those guys and they they kind of achieve the Cody status over there, man. He, he didn't need that. He didn't want that. Yeah, so when AEW launched, um, every veteran in the business, were they were looking at it like, huh, interesting, but I'm not ready to dive in. I want to see what the water is like. And Cody and the Bucks and the Elite going over there, starting over there, was a beacon. It was literally a beacon for disgruntled WWE talent with contracts soon to expire to come on over, everything is hunky-dory. Now, with Cody leaving, it may have had some people go, what the hell? Yeah. You know? And, okay, maybe it was just a one-time personal thing. I get it. If the elite would have left, that beacon was gone. Yeah. The writing was on the wall, and not everybody would have been so, so, so eager to jump over the AEW anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, not only that, it signals, you know, what the fuck's going on internally. Nobody wants to be here anymore. If they left, then, you know, that gives them, like you said, that beacon just gives off vibes of like, hey, if they don't want to be here, what the fuck am I doing here? What the fuck you am know, I doing here? You know, I'm gonna, the I'm company's gonna go, named after them. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, seek employment and opportunity elsewhere. What this also does, and I don't know if this is for sure, but it is something that's definitely crossed my mind throughout the day while reading this story is if they decided to stay, Jesse, how bad is the CM Punk situation? Is it as bad as people were portraying in the dirt sheets? Obviously, they want to stay with the companies, and yes, they are on, they want to stay with the company, and yes, they are on opposite shows, and they're not sharing the same locker room with this soft brand split that Tony Khan right now has instituted on television. But if they want to stay for the next three or four years long term, you know, they're eventually going to run into each other at some point. Kenny Omega even alluded to it tonight that they could potentially show up on collision if they so choose. Uh, he wouldn't have said that if things were as murky as the dirt sheets said. Maybe it's not as bad as everybody is making it out to be, and there may be some reconciliation on the horizon here. Maybe. I mean, that that's a... So I think that Kenny comment, I, I think that was a glass half full, yeah. glass half empty way to look at it because... Yeah. Yeah, they could be, hey, maybe we'll show up over there. Maybe we can fix this stuff, you know. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, these guys are here. They're talking big about the company. They're happy to be here. But they make going to Collision to be, like, the worst part of it. Like, if we have to, we'll fucking go to Collision. It's It's been, it's it's unofficial but official that Collision is CM Punk's show. Yeah. And I've pointed it out to you via text uh, quite a uh, quite a few times that on BTE, on Twitter, any interview, I have never, ever, ever seen anyone in the elite promote or put over or discuss or even mention the show Collision. 
they've stayed completely away from it, not even on BTE. This is the first time I've heard Kenny or anyone mention the show Collision, making it a su- such a hot topic that, you know, we'll even do Collision if we have to. So it's, it's I guess it's how you look at it and then how they play it out at the end of the day, too. Yeah, it's it's funny that they haven't mentioned it outside of the little uh, the little promo that Kenny Omega cut tonight at the end of that uh, that six man tag. Uh, they know and they hear. Obviously, it's their company. They're the, they're the beacon of this company. They know what the fans' reactions are to Collision. And right yeah. now, if you're not watching Collision, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's the best wrestling show on TV, bar none. I don't give a shit what you say. Right now, it's the yeah. best two hours of pro wrestling during your week. Better than Raw. Better than SmackDown. Better than Dynamite. And, yeah. and, and and the elite know that. Do they want a part of that? Do they want to, you know, get in on that? Will CM Punk allow them to get in on that? I think he would. I think I think they I think CM Punk and that locker room knows that there is money to be made there. And, and I do think that there will be water under the bridge eventually. Not right now. I'm not expecting it to happen at all in or all out. We got bigger fish to fry with Punk pulling out the world championship, which I know you saw. You got your answers there with the red sack. Yeah, finally. <laughs> finally, we got something finally. there. But uh, I'm excited about it, man. I'm happy that they're staying. And and the one the one thing that I said on Twitter today, you know, I, I said this is a huge victory for Tony Khan, for AEW, for the AEW fan base. And if these guys, Jesse, jumped over to WWE and Triple H signed all four of them and, and he got all of the elite over on WWE's team, people would be celebrating. As yeah. the, they would be celebrating this as a huge victory for WWE. That's a win. That's a the, win. The, yeah, that, that, that's a win for them. The, the, and these yeah. people, Jesse, ha, ha, most of these people, I'm not even going to say half, all of these people would be looking at that as a victory, but now they're not looking at it as a victory. It's like, oh, they're vanilla midgets, or they're indie yes. fucking oh, yes. garbage. It's like, oh, you know, but if WWE signed them, it would be the greatest signing ever, ever, and there'd be fucking parades in the streets that AEW is dead. But now this is such a big deal for AEW that, Nobody's celebrating, and that's kind of fucked up because this is something that should be celebrated for AEW. This is their fuck. This is their vision, and this is their heart. So you know, you, 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 you got to swing both ways here. You, 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 it's it's ridiculous how I had to call something like that out because I know exactly what the community's thinking before they even say it. But this should be looked at as a fucking celebration and a victory. Yeah, they can say everything they want, but if the elite, all four of them, walked out and walked in to WWE. And just showed up at you know what 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 is uh, non compete what Survivor Series or whatever yeah. yeah it'd be bigger than Kevin Nash and Scott Hall jumping over the WCW it would be huge and it 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 would it yeah, would that's a pretty bold that's a pretty bold fucking statement right there it, we're talking four guys who pillars literally pillars AEW Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as great as they were they were not the top stars of WWF at the time no they were not. You pull the elite out of AEW. What does AEW have, man? The, the the core is gone. I can see why you said that. With them leaving, it did not kill Vince McMahon and WWF at the time. No, no. these guys, if they left, they would kill AEW. AEW would be dead. It, they'd be done for, dude. It, it, it'd be over with. And another thing too about the Bucks and doing Collision, um, like you said, they're hearing the the stories and the rumors about how. Collision is better and stuff like that. Great. If these guys know that Collision is Punk's show and their show was predominantly dynamite, would that, and, and, and this probably has, triggered a competitive nature in the Bucks and said, so, okay, now that we're signed, now that we're sealed and delivered and here on Dynamite, we're going to make Dynamite better than fucking Collision now. We're going to have an internal 
fucking war going on, but the better brand. And and, and, like and you know what that's going to do? It's going to make both shows fucking even better than they are right yes. now. Because what what did what, it happened in WWE? Uh, you know, yeah. you, you saw it in, the, in you saw it in WWE. Smackdown went, went, and Raw. Yep, SmackDown and Raw. You know, yep. SmackDown. You know, I remember, man, it's 2016 and Raw got all these fucking guys from the draft. In 2016, SmackDown got all of the fucking lower end guys. Everybody's like, what the fuck ended up with this draft? Yeah. What did SmackDown end up? SmackDown was producing the best fucking show uh, possibly all year in any promotion yes. out of that draft. I remember I, that was one of my favorite times ever during SmackDown. And we just got a bomb 100. This is the type Whoa. of night. This is the type of night we're having. Whoa. Wow. Zumba Cliff with a $100 super chat. Says, JD and Jesse, you guys kill. You guys both kill it on the podcast. Special shout out to my coworker from work for putting me on a five star podcast. Keep it going and stay positive. OTS for life. Zumba Cliff, I want to I wanna say what's up to your coworker because he knows his fucking shit, Zumba. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Who's your coworker? Hey, who's your coworker? I mean, is he in here right now? Show yourself, man. Let me buy you a round. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your generosity on this Wednesday night, man. That's the type of energy we want in here. Uh, but yes, um, I, I love it, man. It's gonna make uh, that yeah. would make that would make both shows better. I, I love that internal competition, man. One up in each other. There's nothing more exciting than that. It, it, dude, that that it, that is. And if you think for a second, man, you see how they mentioned collision, and you know that everybody's talking about that how that's his show. If you think for a second that they're not trying to make their show better than whatever Punk is doing, you are sadly mistaken the competitiveness of the elite and their bitterness probably towards Punk at this moment. Yeah. So that part, I can take it, man. I, I mean, fine, great. If your goal is to make Wednesdays better than Saturdays, keep it up. And when Saturdays get here, let's make Saturdays better than Wednesdays. Keep it up. I mean, I'm all for it. The other big story that happened tonight. Obviously, we all know the elite is staying. There's not really much else to divulge into that. They're staying, they signed, and uh, they're not going anywhere. The other big story tonight, Jesse, and this is something that, uh, I mean, people were jumping down my fucking throat before we even uh, got to uh, say anything about it because, uh, you know, people are just wacky. They're, they're just wacky on social media, man. The, the, the rumor today was that Rob Van Dam, was a name brought to the forefront in discussions about him and Jack Perry at possibly all in or all out. None of that was confirmed earlier in the afternoon when this story broke. Now, obviously, we saw what happened tonight. Rob Van Dam made an appearance on AEW, and he's 52 years old. He still looks pretty good for his age. And right now, Jack Perry is looking for an opponent at either All In or All Out. The rumor was that this match may be made for one of those shows. Now, I said, Jesse, that RVD and Jack Perry for All In does not really speak to me as, hey, let me go fly seven hours to London, England, and take a fucking train to Wembley to sit in front of uh, an AEW crowd with 80,000 fucking people making noise, that doesn't really signify excitement to me and Just a reason to go fly to London, bro. No. People pe pe people were jumping down my throat. Oh, well, but it's RVD when they hit walk by Pantera. Everybody's going to be going crazy. I mean, I mean you, you, the list of excuses went on and on and on. I'm like, 
Can you let me explain the fucking point of view that I have first, please, before everybody gets negative and jumps down my fucking throat? Tonight, Jesse, our prayers were answered. My prayer was answered. Your prayer was answered. This match is not taking place at any one of those shows. It's taking place next week on Dynamite. Perfect. I'm okay with that. Now, before I give you the floor... I want to explain myself as to why I did not like this taking place at either one of those shows. I would have preferred All Out instead of All In. I would have been okay with All Out. This does not uh, signify to me All In. This is not an All In match. It's not good enough for All In. I don't like, and I get the casual crowd. I I get it. I get what Tony Khan's trying to do, bro. He's got 80,000 seats sold. He knows he's got that venue fucking sold out when he he announces this card. It's going to be sold out. I get that now he needs pay-per-view buys. I get he wants to attract that WWE casual audience. Now he's looking for pay-per-view buys. He's trying to, you know, hang on to whatever he can and, you know, up that number at the end of the weekend. I get it. But what I don't like about it is that you put a 52-year-old Rob Van Dam making his first appearance on AEW television on a show that is supposed to be a celebration of four years of what this company's built. What the fuck does he have to do with the four years of AEW being built. Why are yes. you putting a 52-year-old Rob Van Dam on a show, taking a spot away from someone else that's been there 52 fucking weeks out of the year in that locker room that should be celebrating in front of 80,000-plus at the forefront? Meanwhile, you go get Rob Van Dam, and you bring him in to take that spot away from somebody who probably deserves that spot a little bit more. That's the problem that I have with it. And like you perfectly told me tonight, Jesse, I'm going to steal a little bit of your thunder here because I absolutely share the same sentiment. Tony Khan looks like he is going to dip into that WWE operating as if it's a WrestleMania thing. He's going to bring in a legend. He's going to bring in an older name to, you know, attract uh, a certain demographic. Tony Khan does not need to stoop to these desperate levels to bring in somebody like Rob Van Dam, who is clearly past his prime and nobody wants to see him wrestle, period. I mean, he was more over because of his theme music than he was being himself in the ring tonight. Nobody wants to see that. I don't think Tony Khan needs to try so hard for All In, bro, because he's already got the venue sold out, and people are going to buy the show regardless because of the magnitude of the show itself. People want to see what AEW has done over four years, what they do best, and that is give us professional fucking wrestling and long-term stories. That is it. I get why he did it. I understand the business side of it, but I'm not here as a business side podcast. I don't talk analytics. I don't give a shit about none of that. I'm strictly, and you're strictly for creative. That would have been a terrible creative decision if they let this match go on at all in. Yes, and 100%. I mean, you took the word straight out of my mouth. I mean, the thing is, we complain about WrestleMania so often about how the talent in the WWE locker room, bust their ass on the road, missing their families, missing their friends, missing all of that, that the shit that goes on in their personal lives to go take bumps for us. Then come WrestleMania season, they call up Johnny Knoxville and Logan Paul, and then they get the legends out there because they want big names. How do you plan to make new stars when you use your biggest platform that you have to push old stars? The name of the the name value of the event you're putting on WrestleMania, All In in London, those are going to attract people. You use you, you use your your marketing team, your social media team, pu- publicity. You put the event out there to get the fans to come in. Then you provide them with the show. You can't give us crap that you, they used to give us 20, 30 years ago, and expect us to mark out over it. 
I love RVD just as much as anyone else. He's one of the greatest of all time. Yes. I grew up with him, right? I used to to buy ECW tapes in high school, bro, from fucking people shilling, you know, and and taping that shit directly off their VCR and and TV. I mean, I used to trade the tapes in high school. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, so, hey, look, if you want to have All In happen and you have RVD come out to start off the show, to do a nice little segment, to, you know, you know, do a do a Van Daminator to some lower card guy and then get out of there in five, ten minutes. Awesome. Okay. But to put Jack Perry in a featured match with RVD, that's a spot someone else should have. You know, I've always said here, Tony Khan has been fantastic on how he books his legends. I said that over the earlier years. As of late, I'm starting to pull that back with guys like Jeff Jarrett. We're seeing more in the ring we're seeing sting much less i would like to see sting more um christian cage i would like to see him a little bit more but all in the roles that they're doing i'm not saying put these guys in high profile matches i even text you earlier like well how long before tk starts to go look for celebrities to go fill in all in to go sell pay-per-views and tickets i don't want that this is going to become wrestlemania light yeah I, i i'm glad that this match is taking place on wednesday where, where it goes, I don't know. Even if it was something that was going to be booked for All In or All Out, th- there would have been a better way for it to happen at All Out. And we just got another. You guys are crazy, man. Wait, wait. No. No, don't read that one. No. Dean. No. No. Dean with a $100 super chat. What's good, brother? I still think Kenny Omega and CM Punk happens at All In. Kenny dropping the collision line, I think, confirms it. Punk versus Omega is the biggest match AEW has to offer, I think. And you should do it in front of 80,000 fans. Thoughts? Thoughts, Jesse? Oh, okay. Man. Yeah, just like the last super chat where I got mentioned, and you got to give me half, he kind of low-key mentioned me in this one, too. You just didn't see it, man. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I'm fucking tired, man. I I I, I, so. I might have uh, skipped over your name in there. I don't know. I, I think so, man. Listen, oh, man. Dude. Nobody knows what CM Punk's going to be doing at all, and he will be there. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he's got Ricky Starks on Saturday night. Uh, I, I I thought maybe a Jay White is that big enough for all in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the elite is doing after tonight. They didn't really give any indication about what they're doing. You know, we were talking about Rob Van Dam. Dean, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate your. Uh, your uh, generosity here. Uh, we were talking about RVD. I'm glad that it's taking place on Wednesday next week. I said, Jesse, this would be perfect if RVD kind of, uh, you know, loses here to Jack Perry or if they wanted, you know, ECW involved with the ECW legends, maybe RVD could be the final boss and maybe he beats Jack Perry at all out and maybe he retires the fucking title. I, I, I don't know, but it being an all-in match... In front of 80,000 people certainly wasn't something that I wanted to pay to see. And, and I'm really tired of the ECW thing. We've seen it with Sabu. You know, we've, yeah. heard, we've heard it mentioned. We see almost a hardcore match every other fucking week. We see blood every other week. We see elements of ECW every single week. You know, they need to dumb down on that stuff because it does get a little repetitive and it doesn't really have an impact like it should because we see it so often, which we'll get into a little bit later. But Tony Khan has this weird infatuation with ECW. I get it. You know, without ECW, bro, a lot of what we watch today wouldn't even be on fucking TV. You know, a lot of these guys wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah. Paul, Heyman, Paul Heyman was a, a generational fucking, you know, mastermind. So I, I get it, but we don't need to see. ECW's been dead for how long, bro? What is it, fucking 25 years, 30 years? 
I mean, yeah, what, what are we doing not, in 2023? Why? Yeah, we're not trying to make AEW ECW light. No. And 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 I even want to kind of touch on that a little bit when we get into the matches tonight. I mean, kind of goes back to what we said. Everything's good in moderation. But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, the, just the, got- the other rumored matches, bro. Jeff Jarrett versus Grado. I mean, I talked I talked about this on Twitter, and people were jumping down my throat. Oh, you don't know who Grado is. I know who Grado is. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. And this is not good enough for all in. It may be good for those fucking geeks over there who want to pop, but it, it looks like Tony Khan may be booking a show for himself and not for the, not for the fucking fans. Like, who, who yeah. wants Jeff Jarrett taking a spot on All In? No. Well, we he, know. he hasn't even been here for six months. We know how I feel about Jeff Jarrett in the ring. I and mean, holy I, shit. Well, I have absolutely no clue who Grado is. What? No clue who that is. Not, not, many, that not who, many people do. No clue who it is. And I'm not some pop in and out casual wrestling fan. I have no clue who this guy is. Not saying that he's a nobody, but I'm saying whatever his reach is, it can't be that fucking Yes, big. Donzel Grado from Impact. Yes, the fat comedy guy from, from, from TNA. Yes, that was him. Yes, I'm supposed to like oh. that at all in, right? I hope no. to God that's not true. I have no idea who You don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. Who? Yeah, I mean, Fuck that's, what I'm fly- that's what I'm flying six and a half hours for. Grado? No. No, I want to see banger after banger after banger after banger. That's what I'm paying for. I didn't pay money for the. I didn't pay money for these fucking tickets to go see Grado. Great, what? Be grading my fucking eyes out. What the fudge, man? Ridiculous rumors. I'm glad half of it was fucking false. With RVD, you know he's back, but he's not going to be wrestling Jack Perry at all in or all out. I don't know where they go with it, but you know I would listen, man. Like I said, I do Jack Perry and Hook at all in. Give Hook that spot. Have Jack, Perry, have Jack Perry win again. If you want RVD to beat Jack Perry a week later at All Out and retire the FTW title, which honestly should be retired, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I would have yeah. accepted that instead of putting this match on and all in. Thank God. Thank God we got what we got tonight, and the match is taking place next week. But, you know, I mean, those rumors, man, listen, I know we got to not jump to conclusions all the time, but some of them do right. actually come to fruition. So... So so here, here's an example of just random nonsense just to throw a name in or using something that actually makes sense in the spot. For instance, Jack Perry versus Grado. It sounds ridiculous. So if you have to use a legend in that spot, is it possible to get Jack Perry versus Taz? I, mean, I don't know what Taz's thing is. I don't uh, t- uh, situation is. I don't think he can wrestle. Right. I think I think he's got neck issues. Right, 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 right. You know, yeah. but you know, but you know, just for instance, what I'm saying though is that would make sense. It would be a legend. He's out of the ring. He's in a big spot. But you know what? The spot makes sense. That's literally his goddamn title. I know. It would make sense just throwing Grado in here and just there's up ways RVD around it. There's and- ways around it, bro. Jerry Lynn called yeah. in RVD. They had fucking classic matches back in the day together. Taz can ultimately call in anybody he wants, bro. I mean, Bully Ray's still doing things at a high level. Tommy Dreamer's still fucking up and going. You, you could have any one of those guys come in and beat Jack Perry in a 10-minute match. If you want to have a car hardcore match with Jack Perry and Bully Ray, man, I'll, sign me up. I'll watch. I think that'd yeah. be fucking fun as hell. There, there's ways around it, but I'm glad that this is, uh, you know, not taking place at the pay-per-view. And I hope you guys understand my stance. I, listen, if this was WWE, I would complain about it as well, man. I'm not doing... 
anything that I normally wouldn't do and saying shit that I normally wouldn't say. I don't like this shit when it happens on WWE television. Why am I going to like it on w, on on AEW television when WWE is guilty of doing it almost every year? You know, right. it, it, we listen. We could have seen Goldberg. You know, I would have understand. I would have understood Goldberg greatly. But I'm glad we. I'm glad we didn't get to that point. I mean, we don't need it. We don't. I understand why Tony Khan would do it for you know pay per view buys, but we don't really need it. They're, they're not. They they have nothing to do with the celebration of this company. Nothing. No, no, not at all. Anyway, moving on. MJF and Adam Cole. The one match that we did get announced for All In will be the main event for Triple B, the AEW World Championship. Adam Cole versus MJF in the main event. I'm glad that this is one of the matches that they have decided to put on. The intrigue itself, Jesse, building all these weeks to where we see now MJF and Adam Cole, they are still best buddies, quote-unquote, and they are two baby faces going into this show. Uh, MJF playing a baby face for now, uh, and Adam Cole over as he's ever been in AEW. This is going to build a lot of intrigue, man. You're going to get a lot of people just genuinely interested in this itself to sell this pay-per-view. The storyline's great. This is the hottest thing that they got going right now. The first match that they put on was fucking absolutely tremendous. In front of 80,000 people, I can imagine what they're going to give us then in a couple of weeks. But, man, this can go any which way. I, I Listen, man, we, we were talking about maybe MJF turning. I don't, I don't even know where we're going anymore, man. And this is beautiful because Adam Cole could easily turn on MJF. I don't know if Tony Khan's decided that he's going to run with the babyface MJF world champion. I, I don't know. I mean, it could go any which way. Then we got the Roderick Strong card. Then we got the always unpredictable fucking wild card of Kyle O'Reilly maybe coming back. I heard a lot of people saying Kyle O'Reilly's name tonight on social media that he's due to come back anytime now. Who knows if that's true or not, but it would certainly make sense here. A lot of different ways they could go about this, man. Very, very interesting stuff brewing between these two guys. Yes, this is working. The last time that they they flirted with a babyface MJF run... It just came off cringe. No one liked it. Um, I have reason to believe, and so do you. You know just as well as me. I don't even think MJF cared for it too much. No. No. So, but this time around, this is working. We all know where this is going to eventually end up. Um, MJF just can't stay a baby face. Well, with that being said, we want him to. As as the fan, we want him to stay friends with Adam Cole. We really, as opposed to sitting here saying, okay, when's it going to happen? It's happening. We know it's coming. This is stupid. This is like, oh, this is interesting. This is good. I kind of hope they stay friends. I don't think they're going to, but I kind of hope that they do. Tonight, AEW gave themselves so many different paths that they could go down to end this feud. They set up the match for All In. Like you said, we got the Roddy uh, Strong situation brewing. Kyle O'Reilly, that contract that was not read, but it was signed. There are so many different moving parts that we just can't sit and predict it, and I'm here for this ride. I'm enjoying this right now. Yeah, this is the biggest thing they got. Uh, they, they caught on uh, big time with this. I don't think anybody really expected this to get where it is right now. Uh, that contract situation is also a very uh, funny one. I don't think he really read through that thoroughly, he just signed it because he was just yep. so taken aback by it and in sheer excitement. 
that MJF gave in the be, match at All Out. What's in the fucking contract? Yeah. You know, we all know MJF's a, 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 a devil in sheep's clothing. What if something's yeah. in there that Adam Cole is uh, just, he can't fight back yeah. from? And Roddy was right all along. I mean, there's just so many different ways. Yeah. Exactly. And and that, and that's what, and that's what makes this interesting. So now there's, so now with this contract situation, there is now legit reason for MJF to be pretending to be Adam Cole's friend, to get his trust, to get him to sign this ridiculous contract that Cole clearly has no idea what he just signed. And that is going to help MJF get through this match at all in. So at the end of the day, when you ask, well, why go through all of that being friendly with him? Because he wanted to earn his trust, get him in, lure him in to sign this contract without reading it. And now he got the match that he wanted, the stipulations that he wanted. And Adam Cole is none the wiser just yet. Who's to say that there's a stipulation in there where if he loses, he never gets a world championship match as uh, long as MJF is still the champion. Who knows? I mean, I'd, I don't know. Very, very interesting. I mean, the mat, if the match is going on less, you know there's going to be a big angle to end that show. Mm-hmm. That's what they typically uh, are known for. But I'm very excited about that. The first match, like I said, was absolutely fantastic. And we got two of the best in the world in the main event in front of 80,000 plus. AEW's coining it the biggest wrestling show in history. They're really riding that because of uh, what uh, Triple what Triple H said in, in the Cody documentary, calling them a, a secondary promotion without mentioning them, man. They're really riding that. The biggest wrestling show in history. Man. I watched that documentary today. I'm watching just, it tomorrow. I watched it today just to be prepared to to speak on it if you know if it came up. Yeah. But man, I look, man. First off, I think it was I think it was done well. That I think it was too goddamn long. I think it was too long and too self-serving. The thing was two hours long. It was a fucking movie. It was a movie. A documentary should be an hour, 90 minutes at its absolute longest. That's a two-hour spot. That's a movie, man. That's a little bit too much. And and not two hours and not much of new information that we didn't already. Yeah, of course we knew. We we knew a I lot mean, coming into it. What else did he say? What else did he no, divulge on? I mean, there was some stuff. There was some stuff we didn't know. You know, Vince McMahon and yeah, Bruce flying out his house. house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was some stuff, but two hours worth of stuff that you it was overkill. It was a little bit overkill. Oh my goodness. Let's read that one. We're going to read that one. Thomas Franco with a $100 Super Chat. AJD, only been a member for less than a week, but been listening a lot longer. Thanks to my buddy Vinny for getting me into your show with it being on at work every day. Jesse is awesome, too. Keep up the good work and have a few drinks on me, says Thomas Franco. Thank you so much, brother. That's that's. that's I'm loving these. uh, I'm loving the podcast being recommended. Love That's awesome. Tell your friends. Yes, tell your friends. Thomas Franco, thank you so much. Thank you to Thomas. Thank you to Dean. And thank you to Zumba Cliff. All three guys. What the fuck are you guys drinking tonight? $100 bombs in the venue for this AEW Dynamite post. Uh, yes, so I'm excited about that. MJF, Adam Cole should be a banger. Uh, and hopefully we get more matches announced on Saturday when Collision is live. So. We will see what happens there. The other thing before we get into the breakdown of the review, Sheeta wins the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, I know we'll probably have a lot more to say when we get to that segment of the show. I was actually surprised that we got a new champion tonight, but at the same time, Jesse, not surprised because Tony Khan likes to, you know, uh, take these theme shows or these special shows and really 
send the crowd home happy, where WWE typically does not like to do that. I kind of had a small inkling of a feeling that she was going to win the championship to send the crowd home happier because, you know, they really put an emphasis on her being the champion in the pandemic, and she didn't really have a, a real reign in front of people. And with the episode now reaching 200 episodes, kind of felt like maybe they would swing in that direction. And, and to be honest with you, man, you and I both know the outcasts were dead. There was zero, and I mean zero heat, with anything outcasts-related. So it might have been the best choice for them to take the belt off of Tony Storm if Jamie Hayter's not due back for the rest of the fucking year and just ride with Sheeta. Yeah, and um, shout-out to Ghost on Twitter. He sent the, So he didn't send anything that we didn't already know, but I didn't connect these dots. Um, Tony Storm is getting ready to go play a role in Queen of the Ring um, in the, film, the, the movie about Mildred Burke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's going to be going away for filming. So that could be a reason why they took the title off of her as well. That's a good point. And um, also, he sent me that Liv Morgan and Charlotte are also being cast for that movie as well. What does that mean? Oh, they're Forbidden Door, bro. It is a Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door movie, man. Maybe this means Charlotte won't be winning the title at SummerSlam. We got a shot for EO still. I'm glad. (laughs) Hopefully. Depending on the size of of their roles, that could play a factor. But I I, I do believe that's probably a reason they moved the title so that she can go do her responsibilities for the movie. Who knows? Charlotte may win the champions and then drop it on fucking Friday just for the fact that they get 15 reigns out of her. Holy shit, can you imagine? (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll get Jesse's opinion on this uh, locker room beef, apparently, that was brought to uh, Twitter by independent wrestler Lou Fisto. You guys know my thoughts on it. You know that there's some political nonsense going on back there. I didn't really say anything out of the norm. And 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 before anybody jumps down my throat, okay, Jesse and I have been very complimentary of Britt Baker for the majority of this year, man. We know she's taking a step back. We know that she's... You know, been in the in the shadows. She hasn't been in the forefront. Jesse and I have documented that all year. So I, I didn't really blame Britt Baker in all that. Do I think she has a hand in what happens back there? Absolutely. She's the biggest fucking name back there besides Soraya. She's the leader of that locker room. But, you know, she's done a great job at taking a back seat, Jesse. You and I both know that. I'll say this, Brittany. We we know you're watching, all right? I'm a firm believer, and this is as this has nothing to do directly with you. I've I've said this to JD on numerous occasions on on and off camera, but I'm a firm believer of when there is smoke, there is uh there is fire. Okay. And more than one individual who are who are not connected have come out and complained about the political pull going on in the women's division in AEW. And we know who is at the center of the women's division in AEW. That's all we're saying. There's no lies there. Yep. There's political. There's political poll in uh, any any occupation you run into. I mean, I was selling watches fucking ten years ago, twelve years ago. Imagine me going to my manager. Hey, I need a discount on this Rolex so I could go sell it to this fucking guy downstairs. They wouldn't give me a discount, but the seniority, you know, uh, went to the other guys that were there, bro, and they got the discount. How come I didn't get the discount? You want him to sell the watch, but I can't sell the watch. Man, it happens everywhere. Yeah, it happens everywhere. It happens no matter what. So we know that there should happen in WWE. And in yeah. AEW, so uh, that's not news there, but we'll get into all that, and we're going to break down this Dynamite show. Listen, man, before we get into the music and shill our uh, socials and, and shill my YouTube, uh, I have a major announcement, and I said, said so on uh, Twitter earlier this morning. Uh, the announcement that i kind of been teasing for the last few weeks 
is I will be, my likeness and my character will be included in the new WrestleQuest game coming out from Mega Cat Studios. It is an MMO, RPG, uh, very RPG-esque wrestling-themed game. I'm not the only content creator in the game, obviously. There are others, several others. They asked me to be a part of it, so my likeness and my character will be in the game. I will not be a playable character, but, man, this is a, a dream come true for me because I, I never thought that I'd take the podcast to where it is, uh, A, B, let alone take it to a point where I was asked if I wanted to be a part of this game or a video game yep. in general. So if you guys want to support the game, you can certainly do that and support the channel as well and support the inclusion of us in the game. Uh, the link is in the live stream chat. Go and click it. Pre-order yours today. It's $29.99, I believe. I already have mine pre-ordered for my Steam Deck. I can't wait to fucking jump into this thing. It's going to be great. So I appreciate the the fine folks over at Mega Cat Studios and the team over at WrestleQuest. This game looks phenomenal, man. I'm an old-school RPG guy that's got my name written all over it, and I can't wait for you guys to play and come across JD from NY in the game, man. It's going to be fucking great. Yeah, normally this will be a nice little spot to... To to give you a little crap and you know just 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 fucking give you shit, but that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. You yeah. know that is that is. A, I mean, did you ever really sit and think one day you be, you know, called upon to be a part of a wrestling video game because of what you do on YouTube? That's no, amazing. No, man. man. You know, and, and to and to open up a little bit to you guys, honestly, you know, I struggle. I struggle mentally um, almost every week with. Uh, with the berating online, man. And I'm not afraid to admit that, man. Sometimes, you know, you shrug it off. Sometimes it beats you down. Sometimes you look at all the fucking hate coming at you every which direction and you feel like you're not good enough. And some days I wake up, I don't want to work. Some days I wake up, I feel like, am I doing something, you know, good? Am I, am I good enough to be doing what I'm doing? Sometimes, you know, it casts doubt over you, man. Some days I feel like I'm never going to get ahead because... Of the reputation we built, people don't want to work. You know, everybody wants to be validated for the hard work that uh, that they put in. I put in a shit ton of work here. Uh, Jesse can attest to that and uh, yeah. and really back me up on that. And sometimes, you know, I, I don't get that validation, man, and it's kind of unfair. You know, some days I wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, some days we, we apply for a media credential and we don't get a media credential. And I'm like... Is it something that I did? I know we got the fucking channel for it. You know, we got the audience yeah. for it. Like, we you know why. You know, I, I, I do know why. And it's it, it's yeah. it, it's a lot. So, you know, when when I seen that happen, it was like, all right, th there, there are people out there that care, you know. So I really appreciate you guys, man. Please go out and support them. It's going to be a fucking great game. It's, it's won all types of awards already. Uh, so make sure you guys go and pick that up, man. And I appreciate you guys supporting the channel, everything that we do. Jesse, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, tell everybody what's going on with uh, with you, man? I'll give you the floor, Twitter and uh, Impact and everything that's going on over there. Awesome. So yeah, follow me on Twitter. Right under my name, Shotown Smart. Um, if you guys don't know, I am covering Impact Wrestling on my channel, Shotown Smart on YouTube. Um, I went to the live tapings in Chicago uh, this past week, and oh, hold on, let's. I got an impact hat. Oh my goodness! Hey okay. man, listen. I'll, I'll give you, man. Listen, man. That, that's a nice looking hat. I'll give you. I'll give you credit there. It's a nice hat. Man. It's a nice looking hat, man. So, um, I went through two days of tapings. Um, they'll probably be here for a couple of weeks and like in TV time and everything like that. 
Uh, I will say there is a match that I would like to point out. Also, also tune into my review Thursday nights after um, Impact, and you'll see me front row marking out on Impact Television. Front row, don't miss me. But there is a match that I'm gonna put over. Um, no one will. I tweeted about it, but in case you missed it, is it the one you told me about? Or no? No, I don't think so. Okay, I, no, I no. won't say nothing. No, no nothing. I don't think so. But there was a match with Kevin Knight versus Moose. Um, nothing on the line, nothing just out of out of bounds about it going into it. But this match was fucking awesome, man. You guys have got to tune in just to see Moose versus a guy called Kevin Knight. I'm not sure who Kevin Knight is. I've never heard of him until recently. But um, most of us hardcore fans know who Moose is and what he brings to the table. Moose, Moose is, is great. Moose is fucking awesome. Moose man. is great. Moose is fucking awesome. So, if nothing else, tune into Impact this week to see me look like a fucking douchebag marking out in the front row and catch this match between Moose and Kevin Knight. Do that for me, guys. There you go. And Jesse's going to be talking about it uh, when it, when it, when I don't know when it airs. It, it might be tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow tomorrow night. Okay, there you go. Tomorrow night, start of the Chicago tapings. Yep. There you go. So go follow Jesse on YouTube uh, and uh, get up with Impact. They're, they're doing some good things over there. Uh, tomorrow, I got a video going up, man. We are talking about this Vince McMahon subpoena and search warrant issued to uh, the chairman of the board. Vince McMahon's penis? Subpoena. Subpe- oh, 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 Subpoena, okay. yes, oh. from the Ooh. federal government, the federal law enforcement. Coming down on Vince McMahon again, not because of his ties with uh, good old Donald Trump over there, Orange Man, uh, which I thought it was, Jesse, but uh, (laughs) this has to do with the investigation last year, man. I honestly think deep down, and we talk about it tomorrow, it's going up around 1 o'clock. You guys got to check this out, man. It's already on the channel for VIP, so if you're a VIP, you already got it. Uh, I honestly think that's something nefarious happened with the fucking sale of the company, man. I really do. E- either that Bro. or someone from within is looking to get this guy out. And they they got dirt on him that they were holding specifically for this. And they waited till he went to go get spinal surgery, man. This is this is some fishy shit, man. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Yeah. But you got to look at it head on, man. Something ain't right here. Yeah, bro. I I did not read in depth. You know of the of the subpoena or none of that shit. I didn't read too many details about it, but just from the headlines, from the outside looking in, the shit that Vince did is just that's fucking that's felony embezzlement, yeah. dude. Yeah, you you can't just pay it back and be all clear. That that shit is highly illegal. So this is a bad time for Jerry McDevitt to have retired. You know, you, you, gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I didn't mention that. Another point I didn't mention, which I was thinking about legitimately just this moment. Imagine, bro, if Vince McMahon scheduled his spinal surgery knowing that the federal government was coming after him and he, and he did this kind of to line up with what what, 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 <laughs> what was going on. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. It wouldn't be uh, something that I'd be surprised by, but we talk about Damn. it tomorrow. The video's up for my VIPs. Go and check it out. It's going to be a big one. And then uh, we will be rocking and rolling all week long, man. We got SummerSlam on Saturday. We got a ton of shit coming out. Uh, Drew and I will be doing my guy Andrew Baydal on Tuesday nights. Uh, We'll be doing a predictions video uh, early in the afternoon for SummerSlam. So we got a lot to look forward to. And please hit that thumbs up, guys. Hit that thumbs up. I would love 1,000 likes. We got 2,200 people in here. Continue to get those super chats in. And make sure you guys 
Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And thank you guys for the tremendous love on Cameo. Uh, I fulfilled uh, another four cameos yesterday. So you guys are rocking and rolling there. Appreciate it. Let's get into this AEW Dynamite post here, episode 200. We start off with Chris Jericho and Konosuke Takeshita with Don Callis against Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia. One thing I want to point out, Jesse, I'm not going to break these matches down like we usually do because it's more about the story here than the actual match. Uh, I'm liking the team of Guevara and Danny Garcia, bro. I think they make a good tag team. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? I think... Excuse me, I could be jumping the gun here, but I think with the um, with the teaming of um Sammy and and Garcia, and then we saw uh who was it, Vikingo and who was he with Commander tonight? Yeah. Um, it appears that they are slowly trying to rebuild and restructure the tag division. And we got the Bucks with their new contract. Maybe they're going to enter the division again. Maybe we're looking at the return of the AEW tag division, man. I I certainly hope so. I know you asked uh, a question to me. I didn't have an answer for it because uh, I think one is with Ring of Honor and the other is not really signed to AEW. You asked if uh, Vikingo and Commander are signed to AEW. I don't think either guy is signed to AEW. I think maybe Commander is. I know Vikingo is not. But yeah. I, also, I also heard, and maybe Hodge... Maybe Hodge could text me and uh, we can talk off uh, off stream. But I did see somebody mention that on the AEW roster page, Santana and Ortiz were labeled as proud and powerful. And we know Santana uh, is uh, rehabilitating and coming back. Uh, the reconstruction uh, of uh, Santana, Mike Santana. Santana. Uh, I don't know, man. I'd love to see uh, proud and powerful back together, man. I don't think they really got a fair shake uh, as a solo tag team no. away from a fucking faction. I think no, if you give them the ball to run, man, I think that they'd be over as fuck if they if AEW let them do what they got to do. Yeah, uh, man, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we're, we're we're looking at the origin of the rebuilt AEW tag division because this this appears to be growing right up under our nose. We might not even notice it, man. Um, Commander, either Commander or Vikingo, I believe it was might have been Vikingo, started signaling for the tag team titles. That's why I'm like, are these guys signed? I mean, they're signaling the. I don't know. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, in pro wrestling, when you do this, that not only signals a title, that means there are some kind of plan somewhere for you to be involved in a tag team title match or something. Yeah. You don't just randomly do this and nothing comes from it. So that could be the direction they're headed toward. That's what made me ask, are these guys signed? Because if not, they should be, because this tag team works. I also mentioned, I'll bring it up uh, just quickly here. I mentioned bringing in a mouthpiece for these guys because they have no charisma. They're just awesome in the ring. But why not bring in um, Conan or Chavo to manage these guys or a couple of other these luchadors and make it like a little mini LWO faction here in AEW? Well, uh, to, to go back to what you said about uh, Vikingo uh, doing the belt motion around his waist, uh, they did wrestle Aussie Open tonight. They are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Uh, So they were probably motioning that they're going to win the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. And and Aussie Open is all elite. They are signed to AEW. But the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, I don't know why they're being wasted over there. Uh, They should be on on, uh, AEW television. So, you know, yeah. But yes, it does certainly feel like AEW has the pieces to make this division seem viable again. I hope so, man. Bring it back, you know. Uh, this was a, a very good tag team match. Uh, better than decent tag team match here with Jericho, Takeshita, Sammy, and Danny Garcia. It's all about Jericho. Does he want to stay with 
the Jericho Appreciation Society, or Ooh. does he want to join the Don Callis family? The, the cake says bring in Dario Cueto. Oh, my God. Man, I, listen, Dario Man. Cueto was fucking absolutely brilliant in his role, Man. and we got another. Another one. Another super chat. $100 by MGM Bowling. We, we love you, brother. Just know for all the negativity out there, there's plenty of people that tune in every day to support what you do. Thank you for everything. Good, sir. Excited for you guys to be in England. Hope you guys enjoy as much as I did. And then he puts simply at the end of the fucking thing. Jesse. Gotta love it. For those who don't know, when we get bombs, we get $100 bombs in the Super Chats. If you mention my name anywhere in it, I get half of the Super Chat, bro. There you go, man. Look, MGM balling. I appreciate you, man. And, uh... Yeah, man, the negativity out there every day, brother. I deal with it every day. But you know what? Those people are watching me every single time and keeping my name on social media and in their tweets and in their threads. So uh, it's uh, actually helping me out more than anything, brother. But MGM, thank you so much, man. Always happy to have you on the stream with us every single night. Uh, Bro, you got to learn to be a better heel. Do you think MJF goes to the back and cries because the crowd booed him? I mean, uh, I don't me, know, man. He was pretty teary-eyed tonight. Talking I'll about that, tonight. that, that, you know that, that story where he was being bullied and had th- quarters thrown at him. Forget that bullshit story. We, <laughs> I don't think that's a bullshit story, man. I genuinely believe that happened. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it did. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think everything sure that he mentioned, genuinely, he he's dealing with as well. I'm quite sure it, he did. But before tonight, you think he cared that he got booed out of an arena? No, he loves that shit. He goes back to his hotel room and fucking laughs at these fucking fat pigs and these marks. He's like, fuck these guys, man. They're buying my shit anyway. How many scarves did I sell today? Do the same. Yeah. Do the same. You gotta let it roll off, man. This tag team match was good, man. Jericho, he uh, was looking at Guevara. Guevara gave a charging Jericho at the end of this thing, a Spanish fly for a near fall. Um, Takeshita applied a beautiful lion tamer. He calls it the walls of Takeshita. That was stupid. that was that was. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that was fucking. Stupid. I mean, I guess he's got to find influence in Jericho somehow. <laughs> that was just Jericho terrible. swept Guevara and set up for walls of his own. Guevara blocked it and small package Jericho for a near fall. Garcia tagged in and charged at Jericho, but Jericho caught him with a code breaker. Fans were big into Garcia and Guevara. Garcia landed a shooting star press off the top rope onto Takeshita at ringside, which looked great. Garcia then rolled up Jericho in the ring for a two-count. Garcia applied his Dragon Slayer submission. Don Callis on the outside jabbed him in the head with Floyd the baseball bat while the referee was distracted here. Jericho seen it all go down, and he was not happy about it. He did not approve of it. And then he stared down Don Callis, and Don Callis was telling him, make the cover, make the cover. There you go. You got the win. What are you doing? Jericho looked a little hesitant, and he did cover anyway. One, two, three. He pinned Garcia to win the match. Uh, the announcers noted that Jericho didn't seem pleased with the way things ended, but Excalibur says it looks like Chris Jericho has joined the Don Callis family. So I'm very intrigued by where this goes into All In, Jesse. I don't know what Jericho does at All In. Uh, I know there was a rumor of Jericho versus Osprey 
I hope that's not the case. Not that it would be a bad match. I just think that both guys could be probably placed in something better individually to enhance the overall show. Uh, but this Jericho and Don Callis situation, man, it's it's also another intriguing part of weekly AEW television. And like you and I have documented, I, I hope that Jericho does join the Don Callis family and, and leaves the JAS behind. Yeah, and I'll take you one further. I do think Osprey and Jericho will be a bad match. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not that. It wouldn't be the greatest. No, it, uh, Jericho. It, if we can get Jericho of twenty years ago, sure. But Jericho, and I'm sure Jericho will admit it. He is in no, no condition to go full speed with Will Ospreay in 2023. Okay, yeah. now he can have a match with him, but Osprey is going to have to bring the pace down, and it's just not a Will Ospreay match at that point. So, I mean. I think it would be a bad match, so I'm kind of glad that's not what's going to happen. Hey, you want to give me Takesha versus Osprey? That's a different story. That's an entirely different story. Now we're now we're cooking. Yeah. All right. So would love to see that. And I I don't like saying stuff like bad stuff about RVD and like and about Jericho because it's not it's not that I don't love these guys and respect everything they've ever done, but it's just be realistic here, man. This is twenty two. No one can age to their fifties and 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 perform like they're, they're twenty. No one. It just doesn't happen, man. Yeah. Will Osprey is what thirty something. He's performing like he's twenty something. You know, Jericho can't do that, man. So I mean, let's just let's, let's keep everyone on the same pace as far as their in ring works uh, work rate. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Drew and I talked about this last night on Tuesday Night Titans. If you guys want to go check that out, it's on the channel as well uh, from last night. Excellent discussion, almost two hours long. Um, Tony Khan has not really given any indication, you know, he's given a little bit of indication here and there. Like we got MJF and Adam Cole tonight announced for all in, uh, we don't really have any other indication, Jesse, legitimately about any other match potentially at all in, like we're going into this thing blind, which makes me wonder, is he really going to wait to the last week or maybe the day of the show to announce these fucking matches, man? I don't know what he's waiting for, but you would figure with somebody like Jericho, he would already have a clear-cut direction going into All-In, and we don't have that. So as a fan, to me, it's kind of frustrating because, like I told Drew last night, I want to know what I'm buying. Like, I'm going to buy it anyway, but I want to know what to expect. I don't like going into things blind. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know how you feel, but I kind of want to know, or I think the majority of the audience wants to know what the fuck they're paying for, bro, honestly. Uh, I agree. I mean, it, now you went to a steakhouse yesterday, right? You went to uh, Ramsey's, right? Oh man! Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if uh, you went into that blind, bro, and you didn't know what the fuck was on the menu, you'd be pretty fucked up, pretty fucking pissed that you had to drop all the money that I'm sure you spent on a fancy dinner, beautiful dinner, and you didn't know what the fuck was gonna come out of the kitchen, right? My God, dude! I mean, so true. And by the way, that dining experience was absolutely yeah. Why don't you take me to these places when I was there, bro? What the fuck's wrong with you, bro? Uh, the person I took to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, I have sex with. Okay? <laughs> All right. All right. So um, I don't think guy. you can, I don't think you can repay me ad- adequately for me to. Take Absolutely you to not. Sorry. Can't I can't help so. you. There. But my God, man, I got the beef Wellington and here's what's awesome. You got and a beef I'll, Wellington, bro. You didn't go for a nice filet, bro. No, no, no. My, my wife got the. The bone-in ribeye tomahawk. I'm not a tomahawk oh. guy, bro. I can't. I can't oh. do tomahawks. Oh my god! Dude. What was... what's that run you, bro? 130. The tomahawk steak by itself was about 90 bucks. Jesus Christ! 
by itself. I, I, yeah. Listen, guys, for, if you got, if you got, you want to know what I do when I go out for for a nice steak, man. I'm not a beautiful filet mignon, man. My favorite. Filet, the flavor on the menu. Cooked medium, kind of like I don't, I don't like it too bloody. Okay, medium, yeah. almost kind of like a little bit. Uh, inching towards medium well, maybe. I like it a little pink in the middle, okay? Little medium is perfect for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I can get a steak literally at just about any restaurant across Chicago. You can't find a beef Wellington everywhere. And it was a taste that you just have to fucking try. You ever watch um, Hell's Kitchen and they always yeah. get the risotto messed up and the risotto yeah. is the big thing? I wanted to get the risotto but it wasn't technically on the menu. It was on the menu, a part of a special, and it had fish in it. I'm not a fish guy. Yeah. I mentioned that to one of the managers. She legit had the had the cooks make me a side of risotto and brought it out and surprised me. Listen, man, risotto is not the easiest thing to cook, man. You overcook I, it, it's fucked up. You undercook it's it, it's fucked, fucked up. up. Oh my god, that was the best fucking rice I've ever tasted in my life, man. It was so good. It was so now, good. Now, what was that the side? You got risotto for size. What are, what are the sides you got, man? You got mashed potatoes. You got hey, uh, macaroni and cheese. Well, what do you got over there? It, it was a puree. It, it was a, um, it was a, I think, what was it? Um, fuck, I forget what kind of puree. But it was, a, um, it was a puree to go with the beef wellington. We did get the mac and cheese on the side. I was not a fan of the mac and cheese there. I mean, I've, I've look, I've had some of the greatest mac and cheese ever, man, from my family. And this wasn't that great. But. Everything else was to perfection. The drinks were fantastic. I don't even know well, what the they fuck better it be. was. I mean, it was it was great, man. It was expensive. It's not something that we can do anywhere along the realms of often, but once a year, absolutely. Wait, not making yeah. the big bucks on the YouTube channel, man. You can't go every week. No, man, not making. I'm gonna need some more of those uh, super chats to come I'm gonna in. Need, I'm gonna need Scott some more to give this guy uh, a fucking Ooh. position and impact. Maybe he'll uh, maybe we'll take his wife out to, to Gordon Ramsay's oh, every fucking weekend, man. God, it took us months to get that reservation. Ridiculous. Months. We we booked that. We booked that. I think it was back in June. No, no, it was like it was like May, early May, just to get this August spot. It, it was so worth it. Who goes it to was, a steakhouse and orders a swordfish, Tenario? Are you kidding me? <laughs> a swordfish? <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. Check out the, um, if you guys are interested, check out the menu. It's not a big menu. It's not a big menu. So compare that with the poster, with the pictures I put up on my Twitter wall, and you'll see what we had and what we paid for it. There you go, man. We got stuck talking about fucking steaks at Ramsey's oh, over here. Man, and uh, we got Jericho and Takeshita winning this match with Jericho, potentially joining the Jericho Appreciation Society. I'm wondering what Jericho's doing going into All In. Hopefully, we'll find out soon. We got three weeks to find out. This was uh, yes. a nice little open here for uh, for Dynamite. Uh, we'd love to see more Takeshita, too. He's just fucking so fluid in the ring, man. He moves around so good in there. Uh, yes, Tony, Tony Khan, he did show up on screen, and he thanked everyone for 200 episodes. He said, all in on August 27th at Wembley will be their biggest event yet. He wanted to thank all of the AW staff, and we got a video package showing scenes of Dynamite over the first 200 episodes. Mike Tyson, we got Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, some memorable moments. Sting's arrival, obviously the memorial for Brody Lee, uh, a.k.a. John Huber, uh, Blood and Guts, Shaq, Brian Danielson, the memorial for Jay Briscoe, uh, you name it, man. Kenny Omega, yeah. John Moxley, MJF, uh, you name it, it was in there. Cody was in there a couple of times. I will mention that. Um, I thought this was a fantastic video package. 
And I know a lot of people are make, oh, I'm making a big deal. Oh, Cody was in there. Cody was in there. <laughs> Listen, man, Tony Khan is a stand-up guy. He would not leave out Cody when Cody was as integral as anybody in the first 200 episodes yeah. of AEW Dynamite. He just did what was right. Tony Khan is not a petty prick. He's not going to leave someone like that out because he jumped ship to WWE. And Cody has had nothing but nice things to say about Tony Khan in the aftermath of him jumping ship to WWE anyway. But the thing is, Jesse, Tony Khan and team should be proud, man. They've had four years, and it looks like a lifetime of memories and moments, man. And there's only uh, there's only uh, more to create. Uh, I, I think they should all be fucking thrilled and proud with what they've accomplished so far in four years. They should, man. They, they, they've they they've come a long way. Their name value has grown. As I go out and do things, we you know, with my family, we go visit um, friends and family, and I see other, you know, relatives and friends, and they bring up wrestling because sometimes I'm wearing a wrestling T-shirt or, you know, their parents will mention, hey, Jesse is on a podcast, you know, and they'll mention wrestling. I'll ask them, have you ever heard of AEW? Because, they're, they're, like, the kids are mostly WWE fans. Yeah. So, so I ask if you heard AEW, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I heard they've been doing good stuff. I've been watching them lately. So it the, the 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 company as a whole, AEW, is starting to become a household name, which is what you definitely need. You can't make it how a household name out of individuals until the company is well known. And AEW is 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 spreading, man. People are getting more aware of what they're doing. Renee Paquette was backstage. She was about to interview Chris Jericho, and Matt Menard walked up to him basically off microphone and said that they are having a mandatory JAS meeting next week, and Jericho better be there. Jericho stared at him. He hung his head in what happened tonight, and he walked away without saying a single word. So, listen, man, I'm liking this little, uh, this little like, leadership role that Matt Menard is playing, man. You know, Matt Menard is usually Daddy Magic, and you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard and all this other, you know, you know, funny stuff that he does. Not Jericho yeah. leaving. You know, he's, uh, you know, not Jericho leaving, yeah, but uh, there's a little serious side to him, man. I like it. He's taking yeah. the role. Yeah, I, I do like that, and I heard that they were dealing with injuries, Um, one of those two guys. Um, I hope um, that they get better soon, because those guys also need to be front and center in the tag division. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're great. They're absolutely fantastic. And they, they bring more to the table than just comedy and commentary. These guys can actually work in the ring too. Yeah. Tony Schiavone introduced Jack Perry. Jack Perry uh, walked out there with his Beethoven's fifth. Uh, yeah, listen, man, when I get on one of these uh, media calls, if I get a question, uh, the opportunity uh, to ask a question, I'm like, who came up with this and what was the fucking idea behind this? Like, I'm, 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 I'm like, I, I, I like it. it. It weirdly works, but, like, at the same time, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't really fit Jack. He comes out with the jacket. He comes out with the glasses. He, she got the fucking, the prick-style beard, right? He's, it looks like he hasn't yeah. shaved in three weeks. And he's, he's chewing the gum like he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Right? And, uh... I don't know, man. The music just doesn't fit. It does. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. Take the music, because at the, at the core, the bass, in the beginning, there's just something there. Take that music, give it to Mikey Ruckus, remix it, and bring it back. Yeah. You know, that might be perfect for him. So he's out there. Shivani is uh, with a microphone. Jack Perry yanked the microphone away and then told Jerry Lynn to come out to the ring and take your ass kicking like a man. Jerry Lynn walks out, called Jack Perry Jungle. He calls him Jungle. jungle. Listen, Jungle. <laughs> he says he doesn't run the show. He 
He says he'd like to go to the ring, but he won't because that would be uh, nothing more than child abuse. He said with plates and screws in his neck, that's not a doc- there's not a doctor that would approve him to get back into the ring ever. He said he called a friend who just happened to wrestle for ECW, and he also happens to still be active. Fans were already chanting RVD, RVD, before Rob Van Dam eventually walked out. RVD chants rang out in Tampa. Tony Khan paid for the royalty rights to Pantera's Walk, which was Rob Van Dam's old ECW theme. If you guys go back and watch the WWE Network and anything that Rob Van Dam was a part of, uh, you would have heard uh, that music overdubbed. You don't hear that anymore. Any old ECW shit on WWE Network, you ain't hearing that shit, man. They dub it in with some fucking lame-ass royalty-free music that just sounds awful, so... You know, Tony Khan, man, good on him. He paid for Pantera. I was used to the I was used to WWE Rob Van Dam thing, and I figured that they probably didn't, you know, hold on to the copyright for that shit. I don't know, man. I don't know what they I don't know what they used to do back in the day, man. They just fucking just it was like a free for all for music. They had Enter Sandman, and they had, uh, you know, uh, you yeah, because Heyman was Heyman wasn't paying for that shit. No, That's why. of course not. <laughs> I mean, see, I mean, GCW does the same fucking thing. I mean, Nick Gage comes out to "For Whom the Bell Tolls" by, or "Fight Fire with Fire" by Metallica. I mean, what the fuck are you doing over there, bro? I mean, of all the fucking bands you're gonna use, you gonna use Metallica? Holy shit! Uh, so anyway, he came out and uh, he looks good. He's 52 years old. He looks good. He's got uh, you know huge arms. He's looking great out there. He got in Perry's face, and then he rolled out of the ring when RVD didn't break his stare. Perry retreated to the back. RVD and Jerry Lynn high-fived each other, and Perry returned with a chair. RVD ducked his swing of the chair and went for his spinning uh, wheel kick, uh, one of his signature moves. RVD uh, was moving around pretty well in there with that spinning wheel kick. Perry rolled out of the ring, leapt into the front row, and nearly sat on a little girl here who got wide-eyed as... Uh, he was sitting right there next to her. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, I mean, TK, did, did this have to be approved and uh, get your approval here? I mean, I thought we were, I thought we weren't mingling with the audience anymore. That's grabbing kids, man. Yeah, like, what a, geez, man, you got a lot of approving going on tonight, man. Now the mom, listen, man, the mom was in approval. Hey, you want to take him home, honey? Sure, he's a hey, handsome hey. looking guy. There you go. Enjoy. Perry retreated through the crowd, and RVD saluted the crowd doing RVD. I guess he's now Mr. Wednesday Night, Jesse. Last time we saw RVD, he was on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown making draft picks in April. And now he's on AEW television going into their biggest show of the year. Uh, it was fun seeing RVD out there. I popped when I heard Pantera. I mean, vulgar display of power is a fucking tremendous record, man. A legendary record of the metal community. Uh, Walk is not my favorite Pantera song. If you guys want to know, Five Minutes Alone is my favorite Pantera song. I mean, you put that shit on in the stag, man, with the windows down, you're rocking and rolling. But um, I thought this was fun for what it was, Jesse. I'm glad that we're not getting it, and we talked about it in the beginning. We're not getting it all in. I can digest it. You can digest it next week at Dynamite, and I think it ends there. And uh, I think a one-off appearance by RVD, innocent enough to where I think everybody's going to be like, all right, I can take that. Awesome, perfect. Yeah, you know? and, and 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 that would be a good spot for Jack Perry. That's it's it's that's great. That's good. Now, who else is going to come out? Who's going to come out after the match is over? Because I assume Jack Perry's going to win. I don't know, uh, but uh, we're not getting it at all in. So, I'm glad with that. Hopefully, hopefully, we never know. TK's got a uh, he's a master of surprises. Is TK? Yeah. Uh, we got a match between Penta 
John Moxley and Trent Beretta. This was a no DQ triple threat match. I genuinely don't know where the story is going with this. I just feel like this is just in the interim to get us through to all in. Don't know what any of these guys or any of these teams do at all in. But my God, man, uh, if you enjoy the blood and guts aspect of AEW, you certainly enjoyed this. Um, if you didn't like the blood and guts aspect, then you possibly turned this shit off uh, and didn't come back. Uh, I know you told me, Jesse, the way that this match kind of progressed throughout the evening. Uh, we just saw this with blood and guts two weeks ago. And yeah. we're getting it again, so it's like we just saw all of this, and now you're giving us all this violence again away from the cage. It's yeah. like, can we keep can we keep it at a minimum so that it kind of feels special the next time it you want to go and visit it special. again? Yeah, it needs to feel special. You know, I I might have to side with the snowflakes a little bit on this one. I mean, it's we we just got this two weeks ago, man. Let's just go back to the regular, you know, in-ring stuff and save this for special nights or pay-per-views. Let's not do this every other week, man. I mean, I'm okay with it, but I get it. So let's just, I mean, th this was this this did not need to be thumbtacks and everything else. We just did this. Yeah. We just did this. Come uh, listen, man, I, I enjoy a good thumbtack spot. I really do. I enjoy a nice table spot, but I mean, it's uh, getting a little bit over excessive here. So we got uh, we got Moxley, you know, we'll pick it up to when he grabbed a barbed wire two-by-four from underneath the ring because that got uh, introduced early here. Before he could use a pente to backstabber, uh, Beretta broke it up. Uh, Moxley took Beretta down and used the barbed wire two-by-four, hitting a pile driver onto it, landing more on his own back instead. Uh, Beretta yeah. fought back with a back suplex onto the barbed wire as Penta and Abrahantes on the outside were setting up a table. Beretta, who's bleeding was set up on the tables, and Penta was cut off on the ropes by Moxley and his barbed wire. Beretta joined in, hit a big, massive superplex on John Moxley, and we go to a commercial break. I legitimately said, holy shit, while sitting on my couch drinking my first cup of coffee this evening. Uh, that looked like it fucking sucked for both guys, and they looked completely uh, starry-eyed at the end of that spot. That was great. That was great. So Penta set up more tables, uh, we were in picture-picture. Uh, he set these tables up during the commercial break, and when we come back, there's a, a big slugfest uh, between all three guys. Beretta wanted a superplex on Penta through the table. Penta countered into a huge avalanche destroyer through a table. Moxley pulled Penta up, tackled him through the other table that was set up in the corner. Moxley then grabbed the bag that was underneath the ring, dumped it out in the ring, and you know what's in there. It's either one of two things. It's either thumbtacks or Legos. And tonight it was it was thumbtacks. He rips Penta's shirt off. Moxley and Penta traded finisher attempts, teasing the thumbtack spot until Moxley hits a pile driver onto the thumbtacks, and he spiked Penta badly on the thumbtacks with his pile driver. Uh, this was, uh, I think, Jesse, spot number five or six that needed to be uh, approved by TK here in At this least. match. At least his his plate was full. TK spent his entire day approving spots for the, the first half of tonight's show. John Moxley was in and out of TK's office about sixty seven times tonight, getting this <laughs> shit approved. Uh, I, I don't know where that. I mean, did they burn the fucking rule book? Is what I want to know. What happened to that report? We got we got know, we got Jungle Boy sitting in front of a fucking little girl in the audience next to his mother, uh, next to uh, her mother. 
We we got uh um I don't know this whole match. The whole match. The whole match. I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Pile drivers. Pile drivers, apron spots. spots. We got fucking Nick Nick Wayne getting uh, sliced with glass. I mean, what? Oh. Oh, that, 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 no, that, that was awesome. That was pre-recorded. We'll, we'll, was, we'll get to that, yeah. yes. Yeah, probably all fake blood and shit, too. But that was that was pre-recorded, so that was awesome. Um, Legos may have been a better replacement. Use the Legos... For the non-important shows, the middle of the road shows, and then when you'd never at least expect it at a pay-per-view, then make it thumbtacks. But maybe Legos would have been better here, but it we just get all this shit. Too what's worse, what's worse, chat? Legos or thumbtacks? Oh shit. Legos are not great, but they're better than thumbtacks. <laughs> I, I probably. Uh speaking <laughs> of Legos, man, you know they're coming out with a Legend of Zelda Lego next year? They don't have one already? No. I did not no, know. I think that. Okay. I think they're coming out with the Deku tree. Lego. Ooh, yeah. I may have to okay. pick that up. They're also coming out with, uh, the, 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 there's a Jaws set for the anniversary that I have my eye on. I can't wait. I mean, I'm a big Lego guy. I got uh, Optimus Prime downstairs. I haven't started yet. I got the Nintendo system. I got a you Mustang. Collect, you, you I collect, collect Legos? Legos? Yeah. You yeah, build I'm, them all yourself or you buy them pre-built? No, I build them myself. Do you glue them? No, I put them together. I make myself a drink and I put them together. I spend a little bit of time each night putting a Lego together. When, once your project is built, do you glue the piece together? Did you do you glue it together? No, I just keep it the way it is. Oh, okay. Some people glue it together so it don't come. Apart. I never heard of that. Keep it. Really? Yeah. You ever been to the Lego store? Yes. They they glue a lot of those things together, man. Hmm. I didn't know that. I, I legit. I, I, I asked them when I when I go there with my kids. I asked them like some of the big projects. They like, go, oh, yeah. Some of them are not like here and here, but the stuff like here here glued together. If it's out of the case, it's glued together. If it's in the case, it's probably not. Hmm. I learned something new every day. I did not know that. Yep. That's the Crackle, man. Uh, the, the Lego movie. Tell me you've seen the Lego movie. Which one? Batman? Even I've seen Lego Batman. Bat- Batman's the best one. I've seen Lego Batman, yeah. Yeah, but the Lego movie, the original, is about crazy gluing the Lego pieces. Oh, yeah. That's the whole know. movie. Wow. I, gotta, uh, I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. Uh, so we got the, the thumbtacks here. Uh, Moxley uh, with the pile driver, flipping suplex onto the tax. Followed that. Moxley sacrificed himself and hit a cutter on Beretta on the tax. I mean, Moxley, he did not give a single shit about his body in that match. He went through no. the dumb tax about four different fucking times. And Renee was probably backstage. Why the fuck did I marry this oh, motherfucker? Why the what fuck? am I getting myself into here? I'm going to look for her Twitter reactions right now. Holy shit. <laughs> So Beretta countered a pile driver, laid out Moxley with uh, a crunchy on the tax. Penta chucked a trash can at Beretta to break up the pin. Uh, another slugfest between these guys before Beretta ate a huge lariat into the tax, leaving Moxley and Penta to battle it out. Moxley had a paradigm shift on Penta, but Beretta flew in with a flying knee and picked up the win by pinning Pentagon Jr. This was a great match. I don't know where it's going. But this was a great match. Post-match, Moxley trapped Beretta in a rear naked choke. Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta made their way through the crowd. Uh, They were met there by Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. The BCC were beating down Cassidy and Taylor at ringside before Beretta came flying off the top to wipe them all out. BCC retreated, but not before Cassidy popped Moxley with an orange punch. Taylor said that uh, this uh, didn't really accomplish anything. So the best friends challenged John Moxley and Claudio to a parking lot fight, similar to what they did with Proud and Powerful, but it's happening on Rampage. This is going to be the second parking lot fight in AEW history, and the first one, obviously, like I said, best friends versus LAX or Proud and Powerful. 
back a few years ago inside Daly's Place and the parking lot down in Jacksonville. Uh, I may I may have to I have to actually tune in to watch this man because I'm I'm assuming this is going to be a fucking fun match. Is is Rampage going to be live or is that going to be a pre tape? What are they doing? Uh, it's probably taped. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I enjoyed this. I, I don't know where it's going. I don't know where any of these guys are going into All In, but it's fun for what it was tonight on Dynamite. We got that big uh, parking lot match on Friday night. Renee Pocket was backstage with RVD, who said he's an AW because he's heard Jack Perry runs his mouth. Next week, RVD challenged Jack Perry for the FTW title. He said when he wins the title, he'll retire the title as he doesn't see it getting bigger than with RVD. Good, retire it. It's not really a uh, title in the company anyway. It's not yeah. uh, announced as a title, so get rid of it. Goodbye. Either retire it, either retire it or certify it. Yeah. Maybe that could be the stipulation. It, 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 RVD wins, it's retired. If Jack wins, it's an, it's an official title. Yeah. Just, just just come to a conclusion with the title. I don't like stuff in limbo like this. So I don't care if it's a title or not. Just if it's not, get it out. If it is, sanction it. Call it at one. You know? BCC versus best friends at all in. I could see that being the case. Six man, uh, six man tag team match. I mean, I would rather Orange Cassie defend the title, the international title, but if uh we have a, a second choice, that's not a bad one. Yeah, we've seen enough of him defending the title. Yeah. That's fine. MJF. He made his way to the ring. He came out, uh, and he was, uh, it looked like he was a little upset out there. MJF getting a little emotional out there. He smiled. He gave the crowd a thumbs up. Fans were chanting MJF. He's like, sounds like there's a bunch of devil worshippers in the crowd. I guess Tampa's a bunch of devil worshippers. He says he was a little emotional. He talked about having ADD and also rejection-sensitive disorder. Uh, I never heard of that disorder, but ADD, obviously, uh, I know some people with ADD. Uh, I believe uh, he is uh, getting a little uh, a little more open with us here, man, as being a baby face. I believe him when he says he has these two disorders. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Rejection. You know, I, th- I, think, I, think, I think I think what he's doing is real here. Yeah. Yeah. Rejection sensitive dysphoria. Yeah. That's a real, it's a real thing. I didn't know that. He said his brain is structured differently and he cannot regulate rejection based emotions or behaviors making life difficult. He said life would have been difficult for him. Without RSD, he said there's a lot about his past they don't know. He's been bullied, cheated on, which was interesting that he mentioned that. I wonder what happened with his, uh, his last relationship there that he mentioned that. Uh, battered, abused, and beaten up. He says he blacked out for a lot of it. He said there was only one day when his kids threw handfuls of quarters at him and told him, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up. He says he still wakes up in cold sweats and can feel the sensation of the quarters hitting his skin he says he felt like everyone on the planet was an evil scumbag, and in order to survive, he had to stab everyone in the back before they stab him. But I'm beginning to realize there's no way to live like that. He said while he was protecting himself, he became a scumbag himself. It's true. And to be honest, being a scumbag is easy. This is where it got really interesting, and this is where a lot of the truth comes in. Uh, MJF was kind of opening up the, the curtain here a little bit. Being a scumbag is easy. It's very easy to be a heel in pro wrestling. It's very easy to get the fans to hate you. Yes. So getting fans to boo you is easy, but it's hard, and being vulnerable is hard, and being open is hard. He said that's all of it. It's all very difficult. He said he knew with his disorder, and I have to sneeze. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the first time I sneezed on the show. He said he knew with his disorder that if he opened himself up, he was Max, and fans booed him. It's 
bring him back to being that Jew boy with the quarters thrown at him. He declared, you know what? I'm not scared anymore. He says it's because of each and every single fan. He said the fans taught him that they care about him. Fans chanted, Max, Max. He said they have sympathy for the devil, I guess. He said he won't change overnight because he's still a scumbag, but I'm ready to be your scumbag. Fans cheered and then chanted, you're a scumbag. I mean, you're our scumbag. You're our scumbag. <laughs> I mean, that's quite the, uh, the the political campaign slogan, man. I'm ready to be your scumbag. There you go. It sounds a little familiar in a, in a way, but yeah. He called Adam Cole to the ring, and he said Adam Cole is one of the best human beings in the world and one of his best friends. He says he's more responsible than anyone. Adam Cole walks out to no music. Fans are chanting Adam Cole's name. Cole said, Max, you continue to impress me every day. I'm pretty impressed. And uh, MJF says, well, yeah, I know. I'm pretty impressive, aren't I, Tampa? <laughs> Cole says he's one of the best pro wrestlers in the world at such a young age. He says he's also impressed by the man he's becoming. He says he's not alone. Cole said for years he was a jerk, not only because he felt like he had to in order to succeed, but also because he was scared and didn't understand what being a man meant. He said Max is becoming the man he's meant to be. So the fans love and adore him and want to cheer him. He says they know deep down in his heart, in his soul, they know there's a good guy in there. Cole says he's incredibly proud of MJF and the fans are as well. MJF says as much as he understands him performing verbal fellatio on him and as much as he appreciates him wearing their latest new shirt, go buy it on awshop.com. It's a, uh, uh, a new shirt that says double clothesline in the MJF scarf font. With the scarf colors. Um, they got that shirt. They're shilling the shirt. And he said, I know I promised I'd give you a shot at the Triple B. The AEW world title. And he emphasized world title. I've become, or I've come to the conclusion that, you know what, Cole? You don't deserve a rematch. Cole looked confused. He reached to ringside and he was handed a folder. Was MJF. MJF says, what I meant to say is Cole doesn't deserve just any match, but rather the match in front of the most historic crowd in the history of pro wrestling on the most historic night in pro wrestling history in the main event of All In. There's no one I want to make history with more than you, so please sign it. Cole looked around and asked for a sign-it chant. Cole smiled, and, or MJF asked for a sign-it chant. Cole smiled and signed it and then placed it on the mat. Cole said, Max, I love you, man. MJF says he does love Adam Cole as well. They hugged, and MJF told them off the microphone, I'll be honest, I'm going to eventually win this match. Uh, they both smiled and posed on the second rope, and we got a big graphic on the screen of the match graphic advertising the AEW title match at All In. This was a tremendous segment, as it usually is with these guys. Uh, MJF got a little bit more real. He opened up that curtain a little bit more to kind of dive into that babyface role, Jesse. We've seen MJF do this uh, when he was kind of uh, toying with that babyface role. I believe he did it in the CM Punk feud as well, kind of opened up that curtain and let people in a little bit to see who he really is and get a glimpse of his childhood. I don't know if we necessarily should believe him here because he's done this one, two, three too many times, right? And we all kind of eventually feel like he's going to go back to his old ways, which he still end up might doing. But... You know, it definitely does open up the situation for Adam Cole to eventually turn on MJF. And with Roderick Strong in the back after the segment was over, throwing fucking TVs and production crates and throwing a hissy fit, we get the kingdom from Ring of Honor. This is Matt Taven 
and Mike Canellis walking in saying, what, what are you, what are you so upset for? What, what are you so upset about? You got us. Yeah, we could be your friends. And then all right. of a sudden they walked away. So all of this is becoming very interesting, man. There's a lot of different moving parts here, but you know, let's get through the match. I'm very much anticipating this match to be a fucking classic. And the ending itself, man, may be worth the price of admission come London. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I I saw people in the chat and people on my Twitter, uh, they brought up the kingdom. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they they should definitely at this point now be playing some kind of factor into this story because they they were brought up on TV about it. So I'm not sure which way they will go with it. Either way, man, I'm just so interested in how they do this. I, I thought Roddy... Um, might be collabing with MJF at the end of the day, you know, or just turning straight on him and then leaving MJF babyface by himself while Cole deals with Roddy. Um, but I'm 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 trying to keep in mind that one week after All In, we have All Out, and I'm entirely expecting MJF versus Punk at All Out in Chicago. So. Maybe not. Maybe it's something they want to do more build towards since they are both now proclaimed champions. Um, but we shall see. I don't know how they're gonna I don't know how they're gonna handle MJF being um not being booed in Chicago when punk is de- uh, proclaiming to be the real world champion. Yeah. So if they're gonna keep him babyface, that's gonna be weird because he's gonna get booed out of the fucking building in Chicago. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where they go with this, man. Are we looking at a, a new undisputed era here? Like, I don't, like we, we could we see Adam Cole join the kingdom? You know, is Kyle O'Reilly gonna get involved here? He's he's another name that was brought to the discussion here. Uh, he's uh, I don't know if he's ready to come back. I don't know what his status is, but you would think he's been out long enough that he's ready to come back. So, does he play a factor into this thing? Do we see him at all in? You know, and if that's the case, it's it's going to be MJF against four or five guys. I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I I don't know what's going on. MJF's going to have no backup here. Also, did you see the the OTS sign tonight? I did not. No, somebody said that there was a sign. I did not see it. Yeah, if you're in the chat, if you had the OTS sign, it, it basically says, "What the fuck are you drinking?" It it showed up on TV during the Adam Cole uh, MJF segment. Uh, speak up so we can give you your flowers. But, yeah, it was tweeted to both of us. You can see it on your Twitter wall right now. All right. There you go. Um, I appreciate that, guys. I mean, That's what awesome. the fuck are you guys drinking? Love it. Uh, I'm loving this, man. Um, the, the the more questions that I'm asking and the more shit that I'm wondering, man, the better this shit's going to be. So good on MJF, good on Adam Cole, good on Tony Khan for keeping this thing going. It's the hottest thing in the company. I'm glad that they've decided to keep it going for a little bit longer. Uh, and we end up getting to the same end point anyway, bro. We get the match anyway with both of them right now playing baby faces instead of going the traditional, typical route of one being yeah. a heel, turning on the other, and getting uh, a heel versus baby face, which I thought was going to happen at the end of that FTR match. I don't know if you watched it. It was a tremendous oh. match. Oh, you know. And, and I commend Tony Khan for not pulling the trigger when everybody thought it was going to happen then, and he didn't do it, man. And now we're asking more questions than ever before. And that's just great booking. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get it twisted, though. Before London, these two are going to fall out. Yeah. 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 They're definitely yeah. going to fall out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely expect this to unravel, um, which would give it just that much more heat going into London. Um, maybe the go home show, maybe the week before. But I expect this to unravel and the story to be, un, un, you know, revealed to us 
before the match, I think it'll just give it that much more heat. Either way, I'm enjoying this, man. All of it. Yeah, this is awesome stuff. Really love it. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to this main event thing all out. I don't see the sign, man. It's on your Twitter. It's on my Twitter? Yeah, it was. Yeah, check your um, notifications. It was at both of us. I don't know why I don't don't see it. Whoever you are, man, I appreciate you bringing a sign to the show. Uh, I'll look for it after the show's over. I'll I'll just. Uh, uh, Did you retweet it? I did not. I'll just text it to you right now. Yeah, just text it to me. Moving on. There you go. We got uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They're out there with Brandon Cutler. Uh, they are in a trios match against Jeff Jarrett, Jesse's favorite pro wrestler. Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh. Karen Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt are out there. Uh, this was more about just getting the elites on TV tonight because of the big announcement right before episode 200 that they have signed with the company. Uh, they made a fun match out of it. This was pretty good down the stretch. Notice. So we- yeah, I have not complained anywhere near as much about Jeff Jarrett. Has he been on TV wrestling very often? Nope. No, he hasn't been on TV. Not not very often. This is fine. Okay, we're gonna get some Jeff Jarrett. We got to deal with it once every few weeks or so. That is fine. When I was complaining about it, we were getting Jeff Jarrett, fucking more than Orange Cassidy. It felt like man, it was way too much Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. So yeah, this is I'm acceptable. Glad, yeah, I'm glad we got a little bit of, uh, you know, reeling in of Jeff Jarrett on TV. Uh, this was a fun match down the stretch. Uh, we go to commercial break and we come back from break. That's where we'll pick it up here. Nick superkick Jarrett. Uh, both were slow to get up here. And uh, a couple of seconds later, Satnam Singh interfered when Omega climbed to the top rope. Lethal then took control. Bucks landed stereo superkicks. Bucks knocked Singh to his knees and superkicked him. Omega landed a V-trigger on Satnam. Bucks leapt over the top rope onto Lethal and Jarrett. Karen started to distract the referee. Rick Knox here is always distracted. And then uh, we get uh, Omega is hit from behind while the referee is distracted. Omega no-sold it. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, who hit Omega from behind, bailed out of the ring. Lethal gave Omega a lethal combination. Brandon Cutler sprayed ja- Karen Jarrett on the ring apron with the cold spray. Sanjay... Punched Brandon Cutler down. Matt and Jeff Hardy ran out all of a sudden. Wink, wink. I wonder what's going to happen to all in if they're out there helping the fucking Bucks. Back in the ring, Jarrett held up his guitar, swung in Omega. Hangman Page on the opposite side of the ring comes in with a buckshot lariat. And Omega mocked playing Jarrett's guitar. And then he gave Jay Lethal a one-winged angel for the win. Omega and the Bucks win in about nine minutes. You know, very stereotypical Jeff Jarrett match with a lot of shenanigans with the guitar and interference from his wife and Satnam Singh and, you know, Sanjay Dutt and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we got all the big spots there from Jarrett, all the big spots from the elite. Kenny Omega's the one-winged angel. After the match is over, Omega says, hey, man, we got some important news. And he asked Hangman if he wanted to uh, divulge on what this news was. Hangman says that there was a big announcement today and that the elite have re-signed with AEW right out in the open. Just let everybody know. He said, tonight at AEW Dynamite 200, they are so happy to be there, so here's to the next 200. He said, whether it's Dynamite, ROH, Rampage, or hell, even Collision, you haven't seen the last of us, says Kenny Omega. Love it. I wonder if they all took even pay. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they probably were all negotiated uh, separately. I would, I would assume. I mean, Kenny Omega is a bigger star than all of them. 
right. would say, right? So, I mean, I don't think they should all realistically be paid the same. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I, I, th- I think there's a pay scale, man. There's a difference in uh, in uh, guys, for sure. Right, right. I was wondering. Yeah. That, that sounds like something that they would, you know, we want the exact same deal. Same yeah. year, same money, and we'll stay. You know, that's not like something they would do. I was just wondering. Oh, we know. Oh, oh, listen, man, we don't need to know what they're making, but I know that TK fucking paid them handsomely. Oh, man. He probably he probably <laughs> dipped into that Warner Brothers Discovery uh, oncoming fucking TV deal, man, and said, hey, listen, man, can you uh, fund me some money early advance so I can pay these guys? Bro, I'm telling you right now, if I'm, if we're going to get it paid on the scale, if I'm Kenny Omega, I want $1 more than Punk. I'm saying. I want $1 more than Punk. For okay. all that shit I had to go through, but the way that you build uh build him and I was here at the core and I'm a bigger star, I would I would hold out for one dollar more than punk if I'm Kenny Omega, bro. Yeah. Petty, huh? It, it is, it is petty. But yeah, I mean, if you want to pay this guy that much more, because this from what it sounds like, like punk was making significantly more money than Omega when he came in. Yeah. So that being said. And no, like the Michael Jordan thing. Jordan didn't make shit with the Bulls for the longest of time. When his contract expired, he became the highest-paid athlete ever. You know, and but his but his age was way past his prime. Why? Because they were making up for the shit that they paid him before. Yeah. So I, I would have if I was Kenny, man. And he had all he had all the leverage to do so as well. Man, we've been very hard on uh, on Swerve Strickland. Uh, I know uh, Swerve has uh, me blocked on social media. He doesn't want anything to do with me. Uh, I know I've been hard on him. He's, you know, not been uh, the... Uh, he's actually been very vocal about what uh, what uh, is said on this channel. He takes it to heart. You know, it's never about him. It's about Don't creative. kiss Swerve's ass. He'll block you, bro. Uh, that's just the way it is. It's, it is with uh, a lot of people. You know, it's not about Swerve himself. I'm sure he's a fucking swell guy. I'd, you know, I'd have a beer with him, whatever. Uh, Mogul Embassy, man, we've been very hard on the, on the direction. We don't know where the fuck they were going. They just felt like a, a jobber group, you know, in and out of groups. He's aligning himself with different people, uh, tattooed guy. And then we got Parker Boudreau, who's just disappeared off the face of the earth. Then they aligned him with Brian Cage and they aligned him with Toa Leona and Khan. And, um, you know, the Mogul Embassy, it, it wasn't really going anywhere. And then we get AR Fox turning on Darby Allen last week. And I'm like... How am I supposed to care about this? Where's the story? Why don't you go a little bit deeper into what they're doing here? And AR Fox hasn't been on fucking TV for what? Eight weeks? How am I supposed to care and invest my time into this guy when we don't see him on television? Man, did that fucking change tonight, man. This segment tonight with Darby Darby on the phone, uh, Swerve and AR Fox and Nick Wayne at, at his home, Nick Wayne's home. This was legitimately the best segment that Swerve has ever been a part of on AEW television so far since he's been there. This shit was fucking fantastic. This accomplished legitimately everything that I and you have wanted, man. You want a story? You want a backstory? You want to be filled in on on all the shit that you don't know? You got every single detail about why AR Fox joined, why AR Fox has a problem with Darby, and why Swerve has a problem with Nick Wayne. You got everything in this thing, plus you got the brutality and the viciousness of fucking the Mogul Embassy here, bro. This was this was absolutely brilliant television, and I'm fucking excited for this match if it does take place at All In, man. Darby and Nick Wayne versus AR Fox and Swerve, sign me the fuck up, man. No notes. No notes. 
This was so good, man. This was so good. This was Swerve was such a fucking asshole. This was so, so good. They beat the shit out of this kid in his own goddamn garage. Yep. Lovely. Brilliant. Golf clap. Fox said Darby should have called him when he first signed with AEW, but he didn't say anything to him until he got there five years later. He says he's taken everyone from him. They threw a clip of Swerve and Fox arriving at Nick Wayne's garage where he was in the ring practicing with some other guy. Wayne asked, what are you guys doing here? Swerve and Fox attacked the other guy working out with Nick Wayne, and then they went after Nick Wayne. They broke a glass-framed photo over his head of him and his father and then held up the photo of Nick and his dad. Nick was bleeding from his forehead and started reaching for his phone as as he's just dripping blood. Swerve reached for the phone and said, where are you going? Who are you going to call? Are you going to call Darby? You're going to call Darby? So Swerve uh, is standing there like uh, like he's interrogating Nick Wayne and they were going to fucking kill him right then and there in his cold blood. A.R. Fox is holding Nick Wayne up as blood is being smeared all over his fucking face. Swerve holds the phone up and tells Nick Wayne, call Darby. So Nick Wayne, he has no choice but to call Darby. I believe at one point in this segment, Jesse, right here at this part, uh, A.R. Fox was holding up a shattered piece of glass right to Nick Wayne's throat like he was going to slash his fucking throat. That's what I saw. I'm not sure if that uh, was uh, exactly what it was, but this was this was brutal shit. So he tells what, I, him, what I noticed, what I noticed was they tried to unlock his phone with the facial recognition. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they had to wipe the fucking blood. Yeah. Out the, oh, it was so yeah. good. Yeah, I, so didn't, good. I didn't pick up on that. I just thought they did that for a dramatic effect. But, uh, oh. I mean, that would have been, that's, again, attention to detail, man. I love that type of shit. Uh, so they had Nick Wayne open the phone, call Darby. Darby answered, hey, Nick, what's going on? Uh, this is not, this is not uh, Nick. This is A.R. Fox. And then Swerve takes the phone, and Swerve told Darby, listen, or something will happen. Something bad will happen. He asked Darby why he didn't call and thank Fox for when he first signed with AEW. He said they're going to haunt him. They broke the garage window as Wayne continued to bleed and just bleed from his forehead, man. You've seen a fucking puddle of red blood in the ring, man, and the broken glass from that picture, and then they shot the picture, man, of the broken frame of him and his father right then and there as the scene came to him, man. This is fucking great. I love it. If this is a match at all, man, they, they sold me on this segment alone. Yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it, man. That'd be great, and that and that's a that's a nice little showcase for Nick Wayne yeah. early on in his career. Yeah, awesome. You, 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 you know, you know, you know, you know who's crying somewhere, bro, in a corner by himself, Keith Lee. He's like, why didn't I get this type of shit with my free my feed with Swerve? Like, where the fuck, where the fuck's Keith Lee over here? I have, I have no idea where Grandpa Lee. No, he's not Grandpa Lee anymore. That's no, right. he's regular Keith Lee. Regular Keith Lee. Also, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Keith Lee, man. I don't know. I don't know. We got Aussie Open. Versus Commander and Vakingo. Uh, by the way, guys, fuck Kyle Fletcher. Okay, fuck Kyle Fletcher. Can we just say that, please? <laughs> All right, we love Kyle Fletcher. We love Aussie Open. They're one of the best tag teams on the planet. But really, fuck Kyle Fletcher, man, really. Unbelievable. Oh, you, guys, you guys see that, that little uh, five-second video that uh, I retweeted on my Twitter wall? I, uh, I blessed my timeline uh, with. I, I blessed many of your timelines with. I mean, oh, bro, I, I, I think, bro, I listen, man, I think we got a new number one. I think we got a new number one, and uh, it's... Uh, I don't know what the fuck they're serving out there. I don't know what's in the water in Chicago, man. What's out? What's in the water out there? I don't know. I was just amazed by the video because I never knew that Sky Blue had a front side. Jesus Christ. It was... I'm like, wow. And it's awesome. I'm like, wow, she, she has a front side. Everybody was like, they didn't show the best part of the video. <laughs> 
I mean, guys, really? Really? I I actually think Sky uh, Sky Blue has a, a very attractive face in, in itself. I'm a face guy, so I don't know. I mean, listen, you know what's you know what the goods are there, man. You got you got to look at the, the other the other shit as well, you know. But um, you, you guys saw that. But uh, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis did their thing. Uh, Ten minutes, they retained the Ring of Honor tag team titles. I don't know why the Ring of Honor tag team titles defended on Dynamite, but here we are. Uh, Vikingo and Commander took over after the commercial break. They walked the top rope together, springboarded onto Aussie Open at ringside, and uh, they got a holy shit chant. They landed a stereo 450 splash off the top rope onto Mark Davis for a near fall. Fletcher broke up the cover. Aussie Open finished Commander a minute later with a double-team finisher, and that was basically all she wrote. Aussie Open wins in 10 minutes. Uh, nice showcase match for all four guys. I don't know. Aussie Open going to be in AEW's tag team division? Revitalizing that division, I'd love. I'd love to think so, man. Matches against no, FTR, sign me up. I just don't care right now. No, I don't care. I don't. I don't, I don't care about Aussie Open. No. Not, I mean, Aussie Open's great, but you just can't put them on TV in a great match. And we need to care about them on some level or another. So just incorporate some story with them, feature them a little bit more, have them do some shit that make us give a shit, and you got another solid tag team in this division, man. Absolutely, yeah. And then we get right into the main event. The main event went on around, I'd say, 9.48 or so. They were given about 12 minutes. Uh, I I wish they would have been given a little bit more time because uh, I just felt like the match really didn't get going until, like, 9.57. Yeah, and it was good. It was was going good. I mean, Tony Storm's fantastic. Sheeta is fantastic. So we got a women's championship match in the main event. Uh, Very, uh, very coincidental that the women were getting the main event after the AEW women's locker room made news this <laughs> yeah. week, you know, so that's Weird. not done by, uh, Hey, hello. They, they, they got the ladies in the main event, man. The women's division is going onwards yes. and upwards. No, this was done by design folks. Give me a, by the way, break. by the way, TK, no, I mean, this is fine. This is a step, but just putting them in the main event and having a title change. That's not booking the division yeah. better. It's yeah. a step. The follow through is what we need. What is what is your plan for Carol Shida as champion at this point? Because she needs to be booked strong now. That so, that guy's see. that guy signed last week clearly made an impact. Yes, whoever that guy was. And, and yes, Jesse is one hundred percent correct. Shida won the championship. Shida won the championship in a decent match in the main event against Tony Storm. And Tony yes. Storm is great. But what do you do with Shida now that she's won the championship? What is the plan? Do you have one? I don't really think you do. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt either because we've seen this time and time again over the last four years. Yep. You don't care. I get it's it. It's not over. It's not over just because you had a big title change. It's not. It starts now. Sheeta needs to be booked strong. She needs to be a badass. She needs to you know, face some adversity. She needs some opponents. She needs more matches and more time. You got to make her look strong and, and important. Yeah. So Storm bailed out right away. Uh, she was regrouping on the outside with Soraya and Ruby Soho, who, who, who were out there with her. Uh, Sheeta uh, into a commercial break. We come back from commercial break, and she is mounting Storm in the corner with a barrage of punches. Sheeta, oh Sheeta landed a meteora off the top rope onto Tony Storm and scored a two count. Uh, we have Sheeta in control here. Storm makes a comeback, gives Sheeta a hip attack in the corner, followed by a DDT for a near fall. Excalibur announced 
Uh, so he was running through a bunch of matches, and I'll get to that in a second, man. Something that just kind of ticks me off with Excalibur is like he's running through these matches during the fucking main event. I'm like, the women are in the main event for the title. This guy's running over Rampage and Collision and fucking announcing 16 other fucking matches that Tony Khan's got coming up next week on Dynamite. So he's going through all of the cards for the upcoming shows. Sheeta is in control. She and Storm start trading strikes. And Sheeta landed a Falcon Arrow for a near fall. Soraya slid a kendo stick into the middle of the ring. Sheeta grabbed it. Soraya told her to use it because she'd be DQ'd. Clearly, she didn't do that. Sheeta instead hit Ruby Soho with it. Tony Storm then grabs the spray paint because Sheeta dropped the kendo stick in the middle of the ring. And the referee <laughs> went to go pick it up and had his back turned. While Sheeta's standing there cheering like she won the fucking match, Tony Storm at this time goes to her corner, grabs the spray paint, and sprays Sheeta in the eye with it. Gives her Storm zero. Sheeta kicks out. Storm looked shocked. Sheeta reversed a high stack cover, and that was it. That was the way the match ended. One, two, three. Sheeta wins the title. She's the new AEW Women's Champion. I'm not surprised they did the title change considering that it's Dynamite 200 and the aspect of the match that they built around was Sheeta never really got a fair reign because she was champion during the pandemic and she did it in front of no fans. I like the fact that this match was in the main event, but it was not done because they want to push better women's wrestling. It was done because whoever that guy was last week and the story about Lufisto, you know, all kind of mounted and Tony Khan said, you know what? We're going to pretend to do something right. And they put this on in the main event. This was not uh, because they wanted to. It's because they, yeah. they felt like they needed to. Uh, and even though Tony Storm had a decent title reign, I honestly think with what Jesse said, she's going to go off to film a movie and Jamie Hayter's not coming back. I do think that they opted to take the title off of t- Tony Storm for both of those reasons. And Sheeta right now mixed with the narrative that she didn't have a fair title reign. I mean, yeah. it was it was a perfect storm to give Sheeta the championship tonight. I have no problem with that. Sheeta's great. Yeah, Sheeta's awesome, man. She she won me over in her Serena Deeb feud, um, because I was I was a little on the fence with Sheeta, but uh, she definitely won me over during that feud. And I, for me, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but Serena Deeb got Sheeta over, um, for me at least. Um, I think someone who's has not gotten any credit for this uh book women's um book book the women better situation last week is Mike Mansory. He is the one that focused on that goddamn sign for a good five to ten seconds. I mean, he didn't have to put that sign on television. No, yeah, he 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 made it a point to fucking keep the camera on that sign. He did. If he didn't want it to be se- if he didn't want it to be seen, he would have immediately moved it, away from it. It never it never would have been seen. He put it on there. He held it right there, made sure everyone saw it, spotlighted, and yeah, I, Mike Mansory is um very instrumental in getting that message out there. That, and, that, and that's an uns, unsung hero in this situation to me. How do we book the women's division better? I, I don't know. I, I, you know. I talked about this on the video that I uploaded last weekend, and I feel like there is a political climate that swings heavily in one, or in one side or to one side over the other. You know, and, and, I, and I think I made a pretty good case about what I brought to the table there, Jesse. A lot of these women... You know, Willow's been built up. Willow's been given the ball. She won the Owen. You know, they're getting behind her. But where is Serena Deeb? We have no idea where Serena Deeb is. Serena Deeb's one of the best female wrestlers, maybe in the world. Maybe in the world. You, so you, you, you have Athena, bro. 
Athena right now may be doing the best work out of any woman in the United States, and she's being yes. hidden away on Ring of Honor, and she's being seen in front of nobody, in front yeah. of nobody. Nobody knows what she's doing over there. Why isn't she on Dynamite and, and, and Statlander, bro? How, we talked about this extensively. Statlander showed up on Collision, and we'll get to that in a little bit. She showed up on Collision, but ever since she's won that title, bro, what has she done with that championship, and how many appearances has she made with that championship? It seems like it's yes. dwindled in number. You know, and, and Statland is fucking great. She's a very good wrestler. Athena may be the best women's wrestler on the planet right now. She's doing excellent work. Serena Deeb, countless others that are not on TV, not getting opportunities. Why not? And I feel like yeah. it's the same way in WWE, bro. And I, this is why I merged the two locker rooms together. And this is what I said in the video. You know, these women are so good that when you see them on television and in the ring with these other women who are bigger names everybody's going to realize that the bigger names aren't as good as everybody else on the roster. And those women who have the power are going to look at this and say, you know what? It's our show. It's our division. Let's hold these other women down. We don't want them with us because they're going to outshine us. And it's always about the women, bro. It's never about the division. And this is why I constantly repeat myself when it comes to the WWE side of things as well. There is no revolution, bro. The revolution's bullshit. It is a fucking yeah. farce. The revolution started with Sasha and Bailey, and it ended with Sasha leaving the fucking company because she, along with Bailey, was the only one in that company that ever gave a shit about the division. And nobody else can really say that because they're all about themselves. Yeah, so so here's the thing with Statlander. If if the plan is to keep the champions on separate shows, you know, i.e. the world title and the, the real title, whatever they're doing there, then then stat needs to be more front and center on Saturday nights, especially since there, there's only two hours of television total, you know, for that show. Yeah. I mean, she needs to be front and center. I mean, there there's no doubt about it. She she I mean, but if, if the goal is for her to be on both shows, great. Then get her ass back on dynamite. We're we're not seeing her enough, and that's a problem. You know that that's a big problem because it falls along the line, the same lines of what are you gonna do with Cheetah? Is she gonna fall to the wayside the same as Statlander has already done? I mean that that is the problem. That is the problem with booking the women better. We're not seeing. Long story short, we're not seeing them enough. Do more interesting things. I mean, when we do see them. It's just here, they're in the match, and now they're off back to the men. We want to see them doing interesting long-term stories. Something interesting needs to happen with the women's division on both shows, and it's just not there right now. No, there's not a true leader in that locker room. That's the way I see it. Mercedes Monet comes into this into this thing, which I hope she does. That That is the leader that the locker room needs. Britt is not a leader. I I have no problem with Britt Baker. Zero problem with Britt Baker. You know, if I could if I could meet Britt Baker in person one day, I apologize for what I you know I would apologize for what I said in the past and you know whatever happened on social media last year. You know, Jesse and I have been very complimentary about Britt Baker. I'm not blaming yeah. Britt Baker. I just don't believe Britt Baker is a leader in that in that locker room enough to really transcend the entire division. Soraya is the biggest name that they have, Jesse. What has Soraya done to lead that locker room and showcase the women's division? Who has she put over? What who what what has she done to make the division better? Nothing. It, nothing, man. Nothing. It's just she's not she hasn't done anything interesting. She really no. has not. No, it, it's uh it, it's something that I feel like we we really need a soft brand split when it comes to the women. We got Chris Statlander and Mercedes Martinez, bro. How many how many weeks you've been calling for Mercedes Martinez to be on fucking AEW Dynamite? 
or collision, man. She's in her 40s. She's fucking great at what she does. And now she's in a match with Stat on, on collision. You know, those are the types of women that you need over there, man. You need a nice core nucleus of women. If we take those types of women and build a division separate from what we see on Dynamite, how much of the women's division would start to get the ball rolling to really get to where that sign wanted, man? Better women's wrestling. I honestly think a brand split would fucking work beautifully, man, between these two shows. Stat on on collision with the TBS title. And then we have Sheeta on Dynamite with the AW Women's Championship. I think, honestly, both of these championships should be on separate shows, and we we should have two separate divisions. Yeah. Also, um, a follow-up to, I, I caught some of um, last week's show. Yeah. Um, collision, your, your, your collision show. Yeah. Um, why, why, why is Punk still champion in his eyes? What, 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 did, what, did, what did he come out and say? Punk is... Uh... He didn't really mention anything about him still being the champion for any reason. He just talked about uh, oh, the, fact, the fact the fact that he never lost a belt. He never lost a belt. He, nobody right. beat him for the belt. All right. So so he pulled the belt out of the bag, and right. Ricky Starks came out and said that he belongs in Punk's spot because he beat Punk, even though he cheated. Punk, you know, proclaimed to him, "How could you call yourself, you know, a winner when we all knew you? We all, we all know you cheated to beat me. I mean, how are you going to sit there and say you beat me, but we all know that you cheated to beat me? You want a championship match? I'll put the championship on the line. So, you know, that's what he did there. And he's and then he spray painted the X and he gave the reasons why the X has been synonymous with his entire career. You know, and uh, you know he's calling it the real world championship. Okay. How come Thunder Rosa can't do the same thing? She could. She could. Why is Thunder Rosa not champion upon her return? She could do that. I think Thunder Rosa gave up the title, though. She she, 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 she willingly gave up the championship due to injury. Punk, you know, his injury was never really discussed on television. We all knew he was injured, but his injury was never discussed on television. We all knew that the scrum happened, and then Tony Khan fucking took the title away from him. So Punk has more of a reason to say, hey, nobody beat me for this title. Thunder Rosa gave up the title because of injury. Punk did not give up the title. He had, he had the title taken away from him unfairly in his eyes. Okay, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. But what would, I mean, what would happen? Excuse me, what was going to happen if she didn't give up the title? Then we'd be in a similar, similar situation with Punk where she could come back and claim that she's the real women's champion. Uh, okay, you know, All right. I don't. I don't know. Okay. I mean, you want to see two of the sim- two of the same stories on television? No, but I want to see consistency. Because if Punk can come back and claim to be champion, why can't she? I think she gave up the title. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll take that. But the women's division needs to be booked better. Tonight, it was uh, not really a start of anything. They just did it because of the backlash that the division got this week. And, you know, none of these companies, before we get into the Zuba Chats, none of these companies want to push women's wrestling to the forefront. They only put women's wrestling on the show because they need to do it. You know, if they don't, if they don't give you women's wrestling, people will complain. So they give you as minimal as they can and people still complain, but it is what it is, man. You know, I I don't know. I I think, I don't think they care if they push women's wrestling or not, you know, because if, if it's over, it's over, they'll do it. But the thing is, no one is over enough to spearhead, you know, the women, you know, taking charge and doing big shit. You know what I'm saying? But that's their own fault. Yes, it's creative's fault. It's their own fault. And then it's the political the political climate kind of clashing with the creative because the political ones don't want the women on the show. And how can we give women more opportunity when the women who have the egos don't want the women who are there better than them on the show? So it's like, like what are we doing? 
Right. You know, it's like the political climate and the creative are clashing, and it's almost like if, you know, the creative department just is like, all right, I'm throwing my hands in the fucking air. You guys want to yeah. fucking bat, you know, battle it out like fucking, uh, you know, a couple of yeah. witches here. There you go. I it, I, I, I want to wipe my hands clean of this shit. Go ahead, book your own yeah. division. To me, it's just it's just pure laziness. And and here's what I mean. When WWE brought in Ronda Rousey, you know, four or five years ago, whatever it was, she had huge name value. So they brought her in, made her, the, you know, front and center of the division. They did stuff with her. It was important shit. They, they pushed her. They did big stuff with her. Now that name values dwindled, they have nothing of use for her. She's gone. They don't take the time to make their own star. They just want to find one and be ready to go. If if, if TK had if had Mercedes Monet pop in right now in AEW, she'd be pushed front and center. The women's division will be important. But again, you're just taking a star that's already a star. Make your own fucking stars. You have the talent on your roster, man. Yep. Jeez. Why is it so easy to get Andrade and and Buddy Matthews and Jay White and Juice and Ricky Starks, they all feel bigger than they ever did with yes. seven weeks of collision under their belt. Why can't we follow that same formula with the women? I don't get it. Make a star. You, you, Make you a star. Made, you made Britt Baker a star. They did do that. They yes. AEW made Britt Baker a star. But then they overexposed, they shoved her down our throats and, and pushed no one else but her to the point where now her stardom is ineffective and you pushed no one else, so now you're back to ground zero. Yep. Uh, it's a discussion, guys, that could uh, go on all night, but uh, we're going to get into the Super Chats here. Again, follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Let's get those likes up, guys. We need 200 likes for 1,000. Last call, get those Super Chats in, and please go support WrestleQuest. I will be in the game. Very proud of the work that we've done to get to that point. We will be... In the game, our likeness and character will be in the game. We will not be a playable character, but we will be in the game and have a small role in the game. So go and check that out. If you guys want to go pre-order, I left the link in the live stream chat pinned at the very top. I urge you guys to go out and get it. It's going to be a fantastic game. On August 8th, it comes out. I'm looking at it now. Is this going to be on the um, on the consoles at all? I think so, yeah. No shit. All right. Yeah. So if it's on PS5, I'll get it, bro. Yeah. I think it's for PS5. I'm getting it for uh, Steam. Awesome. Uh, Danny Boy with a new membership. Thank you, Danny Boy. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? Joseph Taylor with a $6 super chat. JD, Jesse, two things. Drew McIntyre versus Gunther, five-star match. And Logan Paul versus Ricochet could steal the show at SummerSlam. Gunther and Drew McIntyre have uh, every bit of a five-star match in them. And Ricochet and Logan Paul could absolutely steal the show on Saturday. Logan and Ricochet can steal the show. I don't think Guther, Guther and uh, McIntyre have enough backstory going into their match to get a five-star no, out of it. No, they don't. I mean, maybe maybe in-ring-wise, but you need a story. in-ring, yeah. But, yeah, y- your story is a big part of your star uh, Michael Tinley with a new membership. Thank you, Michael. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Michelle Moran with a four in Super Chat. Wow, a match in Mox, and he didn't bleed. I'm shocked. Coming soon, Mogul Embassy versus Darby, Nick, and Keith Lee. Uh, maybe. Ooh, WrestleQuest demo is downloadable right now. Yeah, I think it's like 15 minutes long. Awesome. Get the demo, guys. Yeah. Uh, one and only with a $5 super chat. Do you think that the woman 
The women got the main event tonight due to last week's backlash. One and only. We just talked about that. Yes, we do. They didn't do oh, it because yeah. they wanted to. They did it because of last week's backlash. Esato uh, Fortune with a $5 super chat. Tried Russell Quest demo after your announcement. Pretty good. I will buy it for sure. Congrats on being in it. Keep rocking it, JD. JD, Jesse, and Clucky. <laughs> this fucking guy. Did Clucky go to the Impact tapings with you? Clucky did not. I thought about it. I thought about it, but like, nah, they won't go for it. I wanted to throw them in the ring. I was going to clear it with management first, but nah, like, forget it. Tony Brown with a 999. Japanese food versus Australia. Which to eat first? Oh my goodness, Tony Brown. I, I'm food. going with the Australian, man. Oh, ja- we get a Japanese steakhouse by us. It is so good. It's a hibachi Japanese steakhouse, but next time you come to Chicago. Sounds good, man. That's, uh, that's my type of flavor right there. It's so good. So good. Dragon Punch Studios within eight months. Well, not all too sure how I feel about that 200th episode. Other than a few things, it was a very meh episode at best. I hope once we get past All In, everything works. I thought tonight was a good show, man. I don't know what you're thinking about, uh, Dragon Punch. I thought tonight was uh, a terrible-looking show on paper. But, man, they over-delivered for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, Dud with a $5 Super Chat. Next week, Dynamite. We'll be in Alexa's hometown. Not only that, but on her 32nd birthday. Dud, thank you, man. How do you know that? And why do you, why do we care? Well, why do you know that? Like, why do you know that it's Alexa's birthday? <laughs> Jeez, man. Come on, man. I have my favorite wrestlers, too. I don't know any of their goddamn birthdays. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. Mick Swagger with the 22 months. Thank you, brother. Kratos, 35 months. Thank you, guys. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Ricardo Little with 36 months. The champ is here to acknowledge his tribal chief of the IWC, JD. Beers and shots on me for the rest of the night in the venue. OTS champ. OTS for life. Ricardo, thank you, brother. I want to address a a regular here. Donzel says, good matches tonight but um but tony needs to pick up with the storytelling guys it maybe it's maybe it's sneaking by you but there is a lot of really good storytelling long-term storytelling going on now in AEW versus yeah. you know a few months back yeah you know the adam cole um mjf stuff the jericho stuff um is slowly developing these stories are starting to come along, um, and that wasn't happening earlier in the year, and I'm with you on that one. But Yeah, I mean, there's three stories alone on this show. Swerve, yeah. Jericho, you said, Adam Cole, and Darby, MJF. We got CM, CM Punk on uh, on Collision with, with yeah. Ricky Starks. We got Andrade and Malachi. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, there's they stories are, they are everywhere. Picking it up. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was very shoddy. I mean, uh, you are right right there. But um, yeah, it's coming along slowly, and I like how it's coming along slowly. Every time we think they're gonna pay it off, uh, they stretch it, make it more interesting, and continue to the next week. Um, he's saying he's, he's talking about for all in. Um, for all in at this point, we just need matches, bro. It's a month away. Yeah. I mean, you could, you're not gonna give us any long term storytelling in a month. So if it wasn't already building before now, it's not gonna be a good story. It's just gonna be a match. We just need matches at this point. Uh, Keith Jackson with the two dollar super chat. What good he says? What's good, Keith? Uh, Cameron Battle with the four ninety nine. Hey JD, I, I got called an AW hater because of my opinion on how AW's been booking lately. It's wild. Uh, yeah, Cameron, you got to be uh, a little careful with the AW elitists, bro. Oh, they they are uh, absolutely delusional, a delusional group of people, man. Yes, 
They, uh, they, they, are, they, they are definitely glue sniffers and don't touch grass at all, bro. At all. Yeah. If you want to protect yourself from the AEW elitists, start your comment with off with, I hate WWE. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be their best friend. Yeah, yeah they'll love you. Yeah. So... Uh, yee yee with a nine months. Had to work late just catching up with Dynamite, but had to come and share in the MJF and Adam Cole segment. There is a JD from NY sign. Have a great night. Yes, uh, I did see it. Thank you to whomever put the sign out there, man. And I got to ask, what the fuck are you guys drinking? What are you, oh, you got the text? I got it, yeah. Uh, okay. If you send us, send us a picture of you with the sign at home to prove it was you, and we'll put you front and center as if you made a $100 super chat. Uh, Cameron Battle with the 199. I absolutely love AEW, but I get called a hater. Bro, I get called a fucking hater every single week, man. Uh, even 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 when I <laughs> even when I say something good, then I'm a shill. Can't win. Uh, you're so you're so negative for everything. I love this. Or you're a fucking shill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, well, let me do let me do my job, man. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, SKU11999. I think MJF hasn't turned on Cole yet because he wants him to think it will be a fair match. Then at the pay per view, that is when MJF turns on Cole. MJF wins by cheating. Adam Cole wouldn't expect it. Uh, you may be right, man. Uh, we'll see. But that's the whole intrigue about this thing, man. You don't know where it's going to go, and I love it. Yeah, it feels like Adam Cole should have, I mean, seen the shit coming at this point. So if he gets surprised by it, it just feels like he'd be like, you dope. You didn't yeah. know this? Yeah. Uh, Zumba Cliff, thank you for the 100, brother. Baby Shaq with 15 months. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Dom Wapo, 499. Holy Sheeta. Love that she won. She deserves a second run outside the pandemic. Also, I think we get a face MJ versus heel CM Punk sometime down the road, man. I don't know how that's going to happen in Chicago. I don't know. I don't know. CM Punk is not a heel in Chicago, man. Cameron Battle, new membership. Thank you, brother. Trevor, what is up, man? 999, listening to the two best in the IWC while I do some cardio and get ready for college fall ball. Phenomenal show tonight. What we think about Roddy in the kingdom. Adam used to be in the kingdom. I don't know, man. That's definitely going to be a factor. Uh, we may be looking at uh, Adam Cole's new group of guys here, man. And somewhere Bobby Fish is crying. Tell me where I'm telling lies. Because yeah. Bobby Fish. He's got his podcast, though, so good for him. Johnny Cloud with 23 months. I stepped on a thumbtack recently, and it hurt really bad. Couldn't imagine having 30-plus in my back. John Moxley probably don't even fucking feel it anymore, brother. Hollywood Eric with the $10 Super Chat. Hey, JD, and my favorite server, Jesse. Thank you for continually being better than the haters. Yeah. I've got my brother Brian watching your podcast. Thank you, JD and Jesse, for being the best in the IWC. I appreciate you, Hollywood Eric. And shout out to your brother, man. Dean, thank you for the $100 Super Chat, man. Greatly appreciate your generosity. Trevor, once again with a $4.99. Best friend and I will be buying WrestleQuest for you. Cannot wait. Congratulations on that. Thank you, Trevor. Jay Patterson with a $5 Super Chat. I'm sorry, but how can anyone care about 200 episodes of Dynamite when you can't announce two matches on All In? That's that's not, Come that's on, not man. fair. Man. Come on, man. Come on. That's not fair. You know what I didn't like that I didn't mention, man? When Sheeta won the championship, Excalibur was running down fucking three three shows of matches when she won the title. Like, I, I mean, bro, shut up. You know? Yeah. In a collision, we got this, 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 this. We got Dynamite next week. This, this, this. Uh, Rampage. So tune into Rampage. I mean, come on, man. L let her win the fucking title and have it breathe. I mean, holy shit. 
He has to. It's like his eyes to. are popping out through his fucking mask. They make him. Hey, you, you gotta, you gotta push what's coming up to try to bring him in to the next show, man. It's not his fault. That's the time they give him to promote the stuff, you know. Instead of giving the guy forty-five seconds before the match starts, or yeah. giving him time at the end, they already they had a run over. You know, he's he's got to shill his stuff. That's what TK is telling him to do. What he's supposed to do, you know. Sean Ray J with 12 months and then a 20. Been a part of the OTS family for a full year and, a, and easily is the number one podcast out there. Thanks for all that you both do for us. Much love to you both. And then a 20 in Super Chat, he says, feels like TK's focused too much on competing with WWE instead of focusing on what AEW's got. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, saying Jesse's name just so it is a split. LOL. This fuck has to guy. be a bomb, bro. It has to be 100. Come on. Yeah, TK came off a little childish, man, when uh, he was uh, talking in regards to Triple H. Listen, man, Triple, what do, you, what do you expect Triple H to say? Oh, yeah, that other promotion that's giving us real competition, man. They're doing a great job over there. You, you, you expect him to really praise what Tony Khan's doing when he finally, you know, came back? You, you don't think he had fucking anger and hate in his eyes and revenge in his eyes? He, he thinks Tony Khan killed NXT, this fucking yeah. guy. I mean, come yeah. on now. You didn't have—I didn't—, I didn't um, listen we all to know that's not. Comments, we but, all know that's not true. By the way, Tony Khan did not kill NXT at all. He had nothing to do with it. No, no. I, I didn't read the comments. I heard he made comments about what Triple H said. He needs to just do less. Okay, you don't. You don't have to respond to every little thing they do. You don't have to make a pay per view or show about you know something that Vince McMahon said. You know, just, just do do your thing. Okay, they're more worried about you than you are about them. Yeah. All right. They so, are worried. Otherwise, otherwise li- yeah. li- oh, listen, I don't know if Tony Khan's ever going to get wind of this. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know why he needs to take that approach. Like, you know, if, if I could tell TK face to face, these are the same fucking people that trotted out John Cena in the United Kingdom at money in the bank because you sold yeah. 80,000 fucking tickets to Wembley. Now yes. they want a WrestleMania in Wembley to outdo you. You're a trendsetter. You're an influence. You're going to be Mr. WrestleMania if fucking London ever gets a WrestleMania, which should have been already. We should yeah. have already had two WrestleManias in London. Never mind fucking one. Now they want to do it. Now the time zone difference doesn't really make a difference to WWE. You know, it's like TK has more of an influence on WrestleMania coming to London than WWE realizes. But, you know, he yeah. wants to be out there and he wants to take the secondary uh, company comment by Triple H on the documentary to heart. I mean... Uh, at the end of the day, AEW is the second dairy promotion in the United yeah. States. They are number two. Being number two ain't bad. Just do your own thing, man. Why really. is he so offended by that? Comment? I don't know. Does he think he's number one? Why, why is he? I mean, n- nobody, nobody thinks he's number one. Nobody. Just let them again. Let them worry about what you're doing because God knows they are. As as much as they want to proclaim that they're not worried, that they don't care what you. They are. So continue doing what you're doing. Let them look back at you and say, well, well, that's nothing. Okay, that's great. Talk your shit. You're still selling out London. You're still breaking barriers. You're still doing you're still doing things that they are envious of. Are you doing everything they're envious of? No. But it's okay. Yeah. Continue doing what you're doing and let them worry about you. Don't mention them anymore. You can't, you cannot compete with them right now. As it stands, if they want to break everything down, AEW is nothing compared to WWE. But WWE is still worried, so you're doing something extremely right. 
Cameron Battle of the 499. And by AEW booking, I mean Sheeta winning. I get it, but kind of don't. 50 50 towards it. I just want four to five matches announced like Triple H did it. Uh, I don't know when we're going to get these matches announced, bro. Uh, I mean, who knows what his direction is? But uh, listen, man, we're in for four hours of wrestling on, on, on the 27th, so we're going to get matches. We don't know what, but we're going to get matches. Uh, Thomas Franco, thank you for the 100 bomb, brother. Really, really appreciate you being here, brother. Francis Loop with a 10. Didn't Triple H sit down with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks several years ago before AEW? He should have signed them, and then AEW would have never existed. So Triple H helped create AEW. Hmm. Now, I don't think that's the right way to look at it. I mean, if the Young Bucks wanted to fucking sign there, they would have signed there. But they had an offer from Tony Khan to go and create this vision, and they said, you know what? We're going to go do our own thing. It is very possible and arguable and debatable that AEW would not exist the way we see it right now if WWE had treated Cody Rhodes better a long time ago. It's a possibility. Very possible. It's very... The Bucks and Kenny have been hot on the indies for years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until they combined their heat with everything that Cody built up and everything else that made it one big super collab. But maybe it would have happened. It's also possible it would not have happened. So bottom line is to that, treat your talent better and they won't go off and start a new fucking promotion behind your back. Yeah. Francis Loop, thank you, brother. Chelsea with the 16 months. We just keep getting better. Kudos to you, JD, Sir Jesse, and Clucky. Milestone unlocked again. Chocolate caramel old fashions on fresh ice. That sounds delicious. If I have one of those right now, I'd probably be knocked out. Uh, Mike NY, Chelsea, thank you so much for 16 months. Mike NY with 15 months. Dynamite was a good show. What if Cole knows what's in the contract and playing MJF? I don't know, man. Like we talked about, Jesse's already mentioned that uh, either uh, last week or the week before. Uh, you can't have Adam Cole go into this looking like a schmuck. Like, yeah. he's got to know MJF and what MJF's capable of. So, they got to be very careful with that. Baby Shaq with a 499. What's going on, JD? Only four, maybe five matches set for all in. Jesse, what are your thoughts on Impact Wrestling so far? 15 months as a member, JD. OTS for life. Uh, Baby Shaq, thank you so much, brother. What are your thoughts on Impact so far, Jesse? You enjoying it? Uh, we, we are running long. I'm not going to drag this out. Join me on my stream tomorrow, and we're going to get into it. All in all, um, I... I, I do it's it's very enjoyable uh, here's my thing I'm trying I'm trying my best not to oversell here okay because it's not perfect I mean but again it is just a nice alternative with some really good stories and some even better wrestling that, that's about it you know uh, Cameron Battle with a 199 also Impact Wrestling has been great yes it is man it really is Mike and why would a fight off Super Jail? Let's hope Dom has some pointers for Vince in jail. <laughs> yeah. AEW Mark 199. I see Soraya winning the title in her hometown. I hope not. No. She doesn't deserve it. No. Hollywood Eric with the $10 Super Jail. Hey, my tribal chief, JD, can Jesse fix your echo in the beer garden on Fridays so you don't dump him? I don't know why he comes here. The best tag team in the IWC. I've told my friends... About your podcast. Oh, you mean, uh... What's talking about? Shiro! Oh. You were without it last week. 
I was, because Shit Row was on TV, and Ellie and I took care of uh, Ashante Adonis. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have my uh, my Roadcaster Pro 2, man, with me. I had my Roadcaster Duo, but I didn't have my sound uh, queued up, man, so I'm sorry about that, Hollywood Eric. Uh, MGM Ball, thank you, brother, for the 99.99. As always, we love you, and uh, thank you for being here, man. Uh, clear the air with E with a 9.99. Omega is an EVP and said even collision even if it's up to Punk versus Omega, all out, all in weekend, we still might get CMFTR versus the Elite because of Omega's comments. Uh, you're thinking way too far ahead, brother. Let it yeah. play out. I mean, uh, it was yeah. one fucking comment. Let's not dissect what Kenny Omega said and build uh, four weeks off of it. Yeah. You know, come on now. Um, Koi Stallings with a 499. For you and Jesse, if somehow we get the Bucks versus FTR Punk Omega all in, would it sell the rest of the tickets for the show? Keep up the good work. OTS for life. Absolutely. There will be an instant sellout if that match is announced. Israel, 26 months. I was a little bit surprised that Sheeta won, but I'm glad uh, she is the champ. And just keep doing you and don't change. Thank you, Israel. Susan D'Ambrosio with a five. J.D. and Jesse, thanks for your honesty on wrestling. Thank you, Susan. Israel with a two. I'm glad you opened up, J.D. Don't change for anyone. Willie Martin with 24 months. Big ups to Tony Storm on her audition. When she returns, how do you guys feel about her leaving the outcast and being Bullet Club Gold's first lady? I would love that. I think that would be fucking fantastic. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Brian the Dean with 15 months. JD, great show as always. OTS for life. Thank you, Brian, as always, man. Original Blue Jay with a 50 bomb. JD, I think Dynamite and Collision should have two women's matches where they build more number one contenders and storylines for the TBS and women's world titles. Also, they should scout for more women with size like Chris Statlander for believability. Uh, I honestly think that uh, both promotions need to start building women who are not in title feuds, Blue Jay. I mean, just look at... I made this as an example when I covered NXT on Sunday night. We had... Uh, what's her name? Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport in a match, a grudge match, a grudge feud. No title on the line at all. That's what WWE does. You don't see one. And Be I'm not even saying Becky and Trish because that shit sucks. You know, that that's not even an example because that's one. And they only gave Becky that because they can't have her in the fucking championship thing all, all, all the, at the same time all year because... You know, Rhea needs her time to shine, but the company needs to do other feuds that don't involve the championship. We should get that memo to Charlotte, too. Oh. Robert Lamo with a $5 super chat. I think we should have gotten a FaceTime on Nick Wayne's phone to see Darby Allen's reaction while Swerve was talking shit to him. I, I, I agree, Robert. I, 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 think, I think that would have been great, but they didn't go that route. Uh, Phil with a 999. Uh, Phil, I'm sorry about the super chat from uh, yesterday, brother. Uh, YouTube does not send all of them through, man. But here you are, man. I appreciate you. I'm happy for Sheeta, but where do we go from here? What happens at All In? Do we give Tony a rematch? Does Saray go after her? Because it's London. This doesn't mean the division is saved. Do better. I hope it's not Saray, man. I really hope not. Maybe, maybe it's Mercedes. Who knows? Who knows? Wild Stallions with a five months. Thunder Rosa coming back soon. Or things still sour with TK. No, she's on her way back. And she'll be on collision. Yeah. Sean Ray J with a 10. I just lost Sean Ray J. There he is. Uh, I think a lot of people forget women's wrestling was featured heavily when Triple H was in full control. 
They were having segments lead through the show and main eventing every other week. Bro, the shows are not the same, man. This is what I begin to tell people, and they think I'm a fucking a conspiracy theorist. Raw and SmackDown are not the same shows that they were last October and last September, man. They are not. Look at all the women not on television. Who put them on main event? Vince did, not Triple H. Philip Newton with a 199. Tonight's Dynamite pumped for all in. Maybe. We still have matches to make, man. Eric Newton, $5. JD with the subpoena on Vince. Could it possibly have an effect on the sale of WWE to endeavor pending the outcome of the investigation? Absolutely. It may actually be because of the fucking pending sale to endeavor. That sale's not finalized. That sale's not finalized. You, 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 You don't think, listen, you don't think the shareholders have a fucking right to sue Vince McMahon if he did something that he shouldn't have done? He wasn't in the best interest of the shareholders. He was, he, was, he was in the best interest of Vince McMahon. He sold the fucking company to a friend that he's known for 22 years. I mean, if there was a higher bidder and he sold it to Ari Emanuel, say, for example, Liberty Media was one of, the, one of the groups that wanted to buy. What if they offered WWE more money and he went with Ari? You know, you can't, you can't do that. He just wanted his power. That's he, came, he came back to facilitate the sale of a company and he came back to get his power back. As opposed to do what's best for the shareholders. And it's not about the sale of the fucking company, man. How many times I gotta tell you guys? You should know that, Philip. Come on. That's Eric. Eric. Philip and Eric Newton. Thank you guys. Philip Newton with 499. Getting WrestleQuest for the Switch. I swear I feel like a kid with a Game Boy. (laughs) You get it with the Switch, man. Get it with the Switch. I'm getting it with Steam Deck. Jay Ray with a $5 Super Jack. Going into it without knowing anything creates that surprise factor, which is great. Uh, I like being surprised. All in will be great. I trust TK. Yeah, we trust him for the most part, bro. But, uh, you know, I want to know what I'm getting. Yeah. You know, I want to know what I'm getting. Uh, Captain Solo with a $2 Super Jet. Who turns on who out of Cole and MJF? Roddy Strong. Yeah, Roddy. Michael Reed with a $10 Super Jet. JD and Jesse OTS for life. Y'all noticed the pen Cole had in MJF's back. Great subtle details. By the way, I'm trying to find that sky blue vid. Damn, says Ron Simmons in the Ron Simmons voice. Uh, Notice the pen that Cole had in MJF's back. I didn't see that. Was he still holding the pen when he hugged him or something? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't see it either. Maybe. I didn't see that. I have to go back and watch that. Uh, Seizure your property with $2 Super Jet. Why not? Tony Khan can't defend his company. Bro, you... He has bigger things to worry about than going back and answering every little petty comment that Triple H and Vince McMahon makes. Yeah. You don't have to come out you don't have to come out and defend your company for every little thing. Don't worry about that. Your booking and your ticket sales and your ratings and all that shit, that's how you defend your company. Uh Joseph Taylor with three dollar super chat. TK is number one in the pro wrestling market. No, he is not. Seizure your property with five dollars super jack. Cole turning is a dumb suggestion. Cole as a heel with MJF babyface would be ridiculous. This is all a ploy to get Cole over. Why are we downplaying MJF and the power of him being a babyface? I don't. I don't want to see him as a babyface, but he's fucking great at whatever he does. Nah, he's not a fucking babyface. But Adam Cole is already over. That yeah. that, that last line is ridiculous. Captain Solo with a two dollars super jack. Jade uh, Jesse, which are you enjoying more, Impact or ROH? Come on, man. You should know the answer to that. Who watches Ring of Honor Dark, bro? Come on. I do not watch Ring of Honor anymore at all. I have not watched it in weeks. So, for me, it's it's impact. 
I watched Impact that. I, I watched that one episode, bro. Episode one. Never watched it again. Yeah, Impact is doing. Impact is doing great stuff, especially after coming off of watching Dark and ROH. Highly enjoying Impact after doing there that. You there you go. <laughs> uh, Mello fifteen with a new membership and a two dollars super chat. What do you think of RVD? RVD is one of my favorite of all time, man. He's a fucking legend. I love RVD. Is part of my childhood. Do I want to see him on TV in 2023? No. I don't. How about his wife? I don't want to see her either. <laughs> uh, Edmund Van Buren. We'll end with this one, man. And then we'll get the hell out of here, finally. 11 months. Don't know if you watch ESPN, but did you see the wise man sell Summer Scam? Jesus, he's one of the best I've ever seen on the microphone. JD, you're the man. OTS for life. Yes, he also said that he was better than Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, Drew and I talked about that on... TNT last night, man. I don't think he's better than Bobby Heenan. I think Bobby Heenan's number one, and then Paul Heyman is number two. Don't need to see it. You tell me Paul Heyman was out selling the pay-per-view, I'm assuming it was fantastic yeah. shit. Yeah. And Flame Hawk becomes a new member, man. Thank you, Flame Hawk 5. What the fuck are you drinking, Flame Hawk, as I get the hell out of here, man? Let's start the Mustang up and hit the goddamn road. Jesse, what do you want to tell the people before we get out of here? Uh, thanks for being here tonight. Join me tomorrow night. Check out an episode of Impact. Start with this one. Watch me in the front row being a fucking geek, man. You'll see me tomorrow night on Access or YouTube. I was like me at the Performance Center, man, or uh, Full Sail, man, when I was watching Johnny Gargano on Velveteen Dream. Everybody yeah, seen man. me on TV for four weeks. Love it. I tell you, man, uh, I'm getting I'm getting black and gold vibes out of Impact these days, man. Uh, guys, follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Go follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smark on Twitter. Tune into his Impact review tomorrow night on YouTube, Chi-Town Smark. Go check out WrestleQuest and support JD in WrestleQuest, man. Link is in the live stream chat and linked in the comments down below when you guys see the video published on YouTube. Make sure you guys go check out the comment on, or the content on the channel. We got a video coming tomorrow on Vince McMahon, the subpoena and the search warrant. My thoughts on it. VIPs, you already got it. The rest of you guys will see it at 1 p.m. tomorrow. And until then, guys, the next time you see me live will be Friday night for SmackDown SummerSlam weekend, man. Keep it right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Just as you'll